You're listening to the recording of the Civil Politics Occupy the Airwaves 2018 election special. Just so you know, there were some technical difficulties recording the first few minutes of the show. We had a wonderful night doing it, and we can't wait for 2020. Enjoy the show. Well, in Massachusetts today, people are going to vote for Charlie Baker and Elizabeth Warren on the same ballot. I mean, they're both going to win. Or probably they've already called it. They've won, but oh yeah, but um, I hadn't heard that they called it for Charlie. But yeah, but when we you, have do we have results, Jama? I just wanted to say that um, if you uh, I have access to the to the civil politics Facebook and Twitter. If you, I'm going to be posting links throughout the night, if you go to facebook.com/slash/civilpoliticsradio or on Twitter at civilpoliticsfm, then and follow the hashtag, let's say VFR election. That sounds good. <laughs> then uh, you'll be able to see anything that I post. Uh, speaking of, well, until Stefan gets here, then I'll be getting the, the results um, from the sources I'm going to be using is Washington Post, New York Times, uh, AP, and NPR, and Mass Live. I'm going to be trying to check all of those well, out. Because Mass Live will have our local stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but just, a, just uh, in general... Right now, there are in the House, forty-seven uh, Democrats have, are forty-nine actually just now, um, are are called and predicted to win. Uh, yeah, no, called, called. Yeah, um, and fifty-five Republicans are called there. There was a there was a flip in uh, Florida, one in Florida and one in Virginia. Um, and R I can to, get R to D or uh, to R to D. R to D. Oh, and we have a Stefan. Uh oh. Um, noise, folks. <laughs> <laughs> live, live radio, radio. folks. So, uh, Morning, the Senate race, we have um, 34 Do confirmed uh, Democrats, 44 oh, confirmed Republicans. Um, and for the governorship, there's uh, 10 Democrats and 12 Republicans right now. So, it's. And this is early. This is very early, and uh, we'll be getting more um, more information throughout the night with Stefan. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> Our, now, Stefan is in front of the big board for us. He might have some other, I don't know, when I left home about 40 minutes ago, there was two flips only, uh, and that seems to have not changed. Uh, that's a little surprising. But, I mean, there needs to be, to d overturn and take... Uh, for Democrats to take the Senate, there's a total of 23 oh, or 24. 23 to take the House, if I remember correctly. Take the House, yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they need to wind up uh, uh, plus two in the Senate, which uh, is probably not going to happen unless, uh, you know, Nate Silver and crew are all completely wrong about a lot of things. Oh, 538? Yeah. yeah. To be honest, um, yes, this is... Uh, Hello, <laughs> Stefan Ward-Wheaton. Our executive producer of civil politics. and <laughs> our best. Um, chief lurker. Things, <laughs> chief lurker in chief. Uh, <laughs> if things have tightened. Um, if there, is kind of, there were kind of a lot of indications, especially with all the, the, the astronomical early voting that um, in many states, that you, know, you might see an overwhelming kind of blue wave that could sweep not only the House but the Senate. Um, the Senate looks... Very, very unlikely for a Democratic take at this point. Joe Donnelly in Indiana, um, who is kind of a red state Democrat defending his seat, has gone down in defeat. 
Uh, Mike Braun looks to be taking that seat um, for the Republicans, which Democrats pretty much needed to hold all but one seat that they were defending in order to take the Senate. That looks that uh, that is not the case now. Um, we and now we look to um, other seats that they're defending in Florida, where That's things still- are still very tight. Yeah. Um, with almost all results, when I last checked, it was about 90% reporting in. I'm kind of... Oh, wow, that many. Um, Now, many of the outstanding votes are from Miami-Dade and other kind of large counties, which tend to lean uh, Democratic. Um, But both Andrew Gillum, the the Democratic candidate for governor, and Bill Nelson, who is the uh, Democratic incumbent in the Senate, were trailing their challengers by about one percent with 90 percent yeah i I, I gotta i gotta say like i can't imagine my florida voters keep putting rick scott in any kind of office (laughs) rick scott (laughs) like he's coming back (laughs) um yeah so i'm uh let's see checking on that so that's the real horse race Stefan, uh, I was saying the the sites that I was going to be checking, but you're much more in depth. So can you uh, tell everybody uh, what sources that you're using for the election results? Sure. Sure, yeah. Uh, my main source is um, Nate Silver's crew over at 538. Um, they, I, I rely on them both because of their kind of record of being prognosticators um, and because they amalgamate together um, different results coming from, from both the AP and from sources on the ground. They have a very kind of well-oiled model to, to, and it's, and it's adaptive. It changes as the night goes on based on results that come in. Currently, they have, um, chance that Democrats win control of the House as about five and nine. Wow, that close. Um, oh, it's that's a lot closer. About 54%. Right. That's a significant narrowing from, um, coming into election day when Democrats were uh, were poised to take it by as much as like 85 percent chance. So, I mean, it's still in their favor. And we have a lot of races coming in. The nine o'clock um, time zone is just coming, coming, gone. So we've got a ton of races that are just opening up to be counted. Um, uh, so uh, to be to be clear, it's uh, I think they need to gain 23 seats in the House of Representatives. Democrats do in order to take and get an outright majority in the chamber. Currently, they're forecasted on 538. It's just one site. They're forecasted to get 24. Ooh. That's very tight. Very tight. Because they thought and it might be 30 or 40. If well, they exactly. Were yeah. it, even as much as 50, depending on if they could get a real wave result. I'm also at fi- uh, realclearpolitics.com. They have a pretty good um uh they have a pretty good breakdown of all the races as they come in um both in the Senate and in the House and also in the governor's races which which we've been following as well. Um and I know you've been following here in the on the program. Anything on Maine yet? Or is it um, too early for Maine? Maine is trending Republican according to uh interesting. Uh, according to uh the BBC. Okay, but they've only got, uh, according to the BBC, point five two percent of precincts reporting. So oh. it's it's twelve hundred fifty eight to nine hundred ninety two. Yeah, that's uh, not not much of a result yet. They're very yeah. Because uh, they... we're gonna watch that for ranked choice voting to see what happens with that seat. Yeah, right. Terry will... Hayes has one hundred and thirty six votes. Whoever they are, <laughs> I will be. I will certainly be watching that race. Um, in uh, in terms of uh, Massachusetts results, um, probably most people are aware Charlie Baker. 
presumed to be reelected. Um, it was called by the AP and, and many other sites that he will be reelected against his challenger, Jay Gonzalez. Something probably to be expected. He was one of the safest incumbents in the country and the governors. He is very um, tall. Yes, he's he's quite tall, and, and that, that does tend <laughs> to be... Always the criteria we use to... A nice smile. Yeah, yeah right. It, and left-handed, like, well... There all you the go. most important <laughs> reasons to uh, elect somebody or not. Um, uh, question three of the ballot question. Question three is currently at 71% for yes. Oh, well done. Supporting, well done. Supporting the, um, the discrim- anti-discrimination uh, legislation that came into effect a couple years ago. So that is appears to be a very safe bet. Um, I'm trying Good. to mass live has been my source for local, uh, local elections. Um, it does appear that question one is defeated. Hmm. Uh, question one, the, uh, uh, the question whether to establish nurse to patient ratios in Massachusetts hospitals, um, that with about 8% of the precincts reporting, uh, the no votes are 69%. Whoa. So it's quite a lopsided total. That Again, really yeah. changed in the last four or five weeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the polling had been very tight until the last couple. And uh, and it seems to be a lot of independent voters that broke no. Yeah. A lot of ads um, for that. A lot of well, money Well, the money spent. came in. The big, yeah. Yes, big they money. were outspent. The the yes um, yes was outspent quite handily um, in that. So that's that's surely a factor. Um Looking for other results. Anything um, on two, probably. On two. Two, I had heard from NEPR that uh, just, just oh, a few. Oh, New England Public Radio, yep. Yes, that they had a, a two had a, a, question two has a pretty substantial majority. Okay. So question two and question three are almost well certain to pass. Qu- question two, the one that really is trivial because it has no real consequences. It's, a, it's right. The heart's in the right place, but it doesn't really do anything. It's so. yeah. It's it establishes the a committee, a citizens commission to investigate um, spending in mm. elections committees. I just want to just to, to hop in on that. I I have been telling as many people as I can that uh, even though their heart is in the right place, it might not really lead to like specific change. This is a good referendum on the actual subject. Uh, and telling people how Massachusetts feels about Citizens United. I agree. So uh, it it is good that people are are following that that even though it's a commission and it'll be the governor and the you know whatever. <laughs> no money, no staff. <laughs> exactly. But... <laughs> so it'll just be like like a few people in like a beige room just saying, "Do you like this? No, cool. We'll collect our time or whatever." So, but it is important that. And like any other election and like any other time that you're voting, it is a good way to be counted and a good way for people to know what you think and in an official uh, and recognizable capacity. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree. That's why I, I voted for it. Just, you know, I wasn't expecting much from it. <laughs> Small step. Small yeah. first step Small to, to get towards uh, overturning Citizens United. In the right direction, mm-hmm. yeah, which is important. Uh, it looks like why it looks like Tennessee is the Republicans are are predicted to hold their Senate race in Tennessee. That had been um, that is uh, Marsha Blackburn, who's a uh, former uh, House representative from Tennessee, is running for that. Um, was running against Phil Bresden, who I think uh, was a statewide official. Um, I think Secretary he, of State. He, he'd been governor at one point. Governor. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So 
That's a state official. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I remember it was something statewide, but I couldn't remember what it was. So that's another pickup opportunity for the Democrats that looks to be foreclosed out at this point. And that's um, the Senate side that's closing That's on down. the Senate yeah. side. Yeah. Um, still watching the House. A lot of – we don't have great results for a lot of House seats because most of the House seats that have been called have been sure bets one way or another, not really considered to be competitive. Yeah, a few of them were um, uncontested. Oh, oh yes, thank you. Adjusting the mic, excuse us. Um, <laughs> Anything on Georgia, Stacey Abrams? Is that Georgia, <laughs> uh, good question. Let's check what There's we've a lot got of voter in. suppression there for those of you who... Yes, Georgia notable because um, the uh, the Republican running for the governor's seat, Brian Kemp, is currently the Secretary of State of Georgia and is so overseeing the election that he is running in. <laughs> Um, which obviously raises some eyebrows. Uh, and a lot of voters were thrown off the rolls for exact match and yeah. all he, kinds of things. He's yeah. had several court decisions go against him for how he's been handling uh, the voter rolls and also for conducting this, the, uh, overseeing the general security of the polls uh, of the elections. And uh, uh, I've read some articles about uh, uh, cybersecurity experts sort of just checking out like so how secure are the servers that the state of georgia is using to you know control their election data they are not secure at all we can get all these <laughs> files and we can do whatever we want with them hey you know secretary kemp you should fix that <laughs> and uh so uh in response to these uh calls for 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 action uh uh yesterday secretary oh yeah he tagged the kemp, democrats he, yeah. he posted on the on the secretary of state's website that the democrats are trying to hack the election <laughs> Countercharge. That's that's the way yeah. they go. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have uh, to have any substance, but it's uh, countercharge. So how how are they doing? Is that still neck and neck? Oh, I think it um, was a little while ago. I don't think it's. I have old results for the um, RCP is not updating very fast. They still they still have you know only like twenty five percent. Kemp was leading Abrams by a substantial margin, but it was again a small amount of uh, reports of of um, results coming in. So I'm gonna. Try to see if I can get more up-to-date results BBC on that. BBC says a quarter of the precincts reporting Kemp leads 678,000 votes to 394,000 votes. Oh, wow. That's, okay. a, That's huge a, difference. a huge difference. But it also vote. depends on which counties are uh, reporting. Right. In a lot of states where you have, you know, big blue cities and, you know, uh, sort of uh, smaller, red but more ruralities. numerous red <laughs> precincts, you're going to see some lopsided returns especially in the early you know the early reporting hours so that's something to keep in mind um a lot of the times the races that are being called with only a few percentage points are are called because um there's there are very clear indications one way or another whether it's because of exit polls or because of the kind of historic lean of that district or that state um Where's Dixville Notch when you need him? Dix <laughs> Dixville Notch, New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire, I, I don't know if I have Oh, in Vermont. What's going on with the, um, the, the Bernie, governor's race? Bernie's been reelected amazingly. Oh, enough. there you go. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I heard a funny thing. They announced two two races, two Democratic winners. It was Bernie and somebody else. And one of the commentators said, so 50% of the Democrats are Democratic socialists yeah. who have been elected. It was a very funny comment. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the with Vermont two in. governor is... Uh, is a Republican, and as I understand, he's fairly popular and and sort of non, not really falling in with the with the Trump uh, train. As a New a, England Republican, as yeah, they say. yeah, yeah. But um, the the fellow that he has him uh, winning thirty six percent of precincts in in 
Vermont reporting, and he's leading by 21,000 votes. And who's, uh, what's the name of the woman who's running against him? Oh, Christine Hulfist yeah. in Vermont? Yes. Yeah. So We were also watching that one for the, the transgender. Right, yes. She, she, would, she would be the first uh, transgender individual elected to statewide office. Hmm. So it doesn't look promising, or just to Not really at to the tell? moment. And, and, the, and oh. she had been running behind in the polls, I think. Phil Scott seems to have cemented his place as, as, as you said, as a kind of moderate Republican. Um, and I think uh, Vermont kind of has a similar situation where they have a very heavily Democratic-controlled state legislature. So you have, similar to Massachusetts, uh, voters sometimes like to divide their state government. And, to, you know, if they see it as kind of a, um, a, a check, check on power. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he introduced a new gun law in Vermont, which was interesting. And, and I think people thought that might get him run out of office. But obviously it hasn't affected him. It was sort of a moderate, you know, mm. gun change. Because that's very much a free, you know, free state around guns. So it has been. So I have an um, possibly exciting result, although <gasps> it's dead even. Do, do, it's do, do, do. Beto O'Rourke is... Dead tie with Ted Cruz at this point. Oh, 50, in Texas? 58% in. So the Texas 50, ooh, uh, Senate, wow. uh, within 100 votes, uh, with 58% wow. in. 49.7%. Uh, in Texas. 2 million, <laughs> 2.196 million, 2.196 million, Ted Cruz and Beto. Wow. That, so. I was just looking at the New Hampshire governor's race, and... and that that the Texas Senate is tighter than than the New Hampshire governor. I mean, New Hampshire <laughs> governor Chris Sununu is ahead by four thousand votes. Oh yeah. wow, which is you know a thin margin. Yeah, and this be his second term if he wins it. So yeah, yeah and with only thirty percent of the vote counted in New Hampshire according to the BBC. Well, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of interesting people running for office too. Very highly credentialed. A lot of the newcomers, you know. Yeah. Been in the service, veterans. Um, there's uh, folks from the CIA. I mean, really very varied backgrounds. People, it's almost like there was a call to arms for people to come and, and run for these uh, races. It's really kind of nice for change to just have all these really real depth, real qualified folks. on. I'll say on both sides, but you guys, I know you think it's I, just the Democrats. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think the smart, capable people, you know, if you were a smart, capable person and you wanted to run for public office, would you want to run on Trump's coattails? <laughs> no. There you go. <laughs> well, you do make a good point that th there's there are a lot of sort of veteran um, sort of uh, people in public service or the civil service who have run. You know, uh, Sununu in New Hampshire, yeah. I think, uh, was a, a, a senator before yeah. he was a governor, and we're seeing a lot of yeah. of uh, you know former governors running for Senate, vice versa. Um, you know, there's, I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot. I think this is an election where a lot of people have seen an opportunity to um, either go, either kind of go up a rung, or you know, to re-enter politics um, if they've if they've had previously served. So um, that's amazing about Beto, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, uh, that is Ted a cruise. That's that'll be that's going to be that's a notable result. Um, yeah. Bob Menendez holding on in New Jersey. Looks like he's he that race is called. He's going to win that seat. It's still pre, it's still a pretty a, narrow victory. Did he have all <laughs> those <laughs> ethics ethics issues? Yeah. And he yeah he, he should, was tagged. He should be in prison. Sorry to be partisan. I just no. no he should he, be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, an embarrassment to the Democratic Party uh, that uh, he he's he's the party's candidate. Maybe like the Secretary of State in uh, Georgia. They you know, couldn't convict him. He, he was tried. And, uh, about yeah. it, he wasn't convicted, but he wasn't acquitted either. 
It was, was a hung. It was uh, a mistrial. Okay. Which, which, as far as I know, means that Jeopardy didn't attach. So, I mean, you know, like, like it wasn't resolved. So, like, he could be retried. Then you need a little right. more evidence or something. Uh, one more. Uh, a Democratic hold in West Virginia with Joe Manchin uh, being okay. announced. As oh, that's winner. interesting because he had a tough race, right? Was the other yeah. one? So he was he, he, he was doing pretty well. I think I think he he had a pretty good idea of what voters in West Virginia wanted to see. Was it Heidi Heitkamp that was had a fight on her hands in North yeah. Dakota? Yeah, and I'm I'm sure she's she's going to lose. Uh, I mean, given the given the results so far that she show tighter than place. expected yeah. races, I think that. So do you? Th- think it worked that trump went out and beat the drum and you know made everybody fearful and i mean do you, would you attribute it to that or not really I, I think it was you know what i think it was was the you started to see a real uptick in imp- republican enthusiasm and it was around the kavanaugh okay oh, kavanaugh, i completely I don't, forgot about i don't that know if again. that's a one-to-one if you yeah. can really draw a through line but um they'd been kind of demoralized before that and i think maybe getting a win in the Supreme Court, which is a a, re, a lot of re- a big Republicans win. were have have been voting in recent years based on the Supreme Court because I think they see it as like a chance to shore up a conservative branch of government, even if the legislative and executive branches flip, um, which seems likely. Um, you know, oh, if not in the short term, then in the medium to long term. So that I seems don't know. so long ago, the Kavanaugh. I know <laughs> um, it's it's kind of amazing, but yeah. well. Um, you know, not to be well, actually, probably to be too inflammatory, but you know, bigotry and anger are great ways to motivate the Republican base. So, you know, it's like, well, you know, who's this woman accusing this guy? And you know, can you believe her? You know, for, you know, like, like they, like the Republican base, like believes Brett Kavanaugh. They they look at him and see like a calm, measured guy who they believe, and it, it, just nothing to me more clearly sort of encapsulates. Like the difference between the worldview of, of of sort of the the two parties and the two sort of poles of American uh, mm. opinion right now, you know. Good job. There's a lot of women running. There yeah. are. Yeah, like so, a lot of women. Like 200. <laughs> yeah, on both the... sides. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. There, there's a possibility of two women being the first two Korean uh, representatives. I, I forget which one's New York. I forget where the other one is. But it, you know, a lot of firsts are possible tonight. Although maybe not probable, right? Uh, there's a Native American. Um, yes, running in yeah. Kansas. Yeah, and I think uh, she. Had, I've been given to understand she had a pretty good shot. Yeah. Um, also, we will. You know, I will try to be checking uh, state legislative chambers, as you know, those are sort of down ballot races that could actually, depending on how things go, you could see a lot of these chambers where remember republicans are, are have have a heavy majority nationally in 2010 it really turned the tide starting in 2010 yeah, yeah and and over several elections they were able to cement i think a, a, in excess of a thousand seats uh, of a majority yep. across yeah. you know 50 states so we'll see there's um ballotpedia is kind of tracking 22 of uh battleground chambers um Democrats can currently control 10 of them. Republicans currently control 12, um, including, like, say, the Florida State Senate, uh, Connecticut House of Representatives, the Maine State Senate, which is very close, um, and others. So I won't belabor it because it's a long list. Also, the New York State Senate, which has kind of been the last bastion of Republican control in 
of what is a very democratic state. Um, yeah, yeah. I, all, all those uh, Democrats who sort of basically like decided to turn Quisling and join with the Republicans <laughs> a few years ago, a lot of them lost their primary. Yeah, the Independent Democratic Caucus. They're 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 done. I believe um, Ocasio Cortez uh, was was primarying one of those one of those. IDC no, no, she was she's running for Democrats. for the House of Representatives. Oh no, no, sorry, I was thinking of Julia Salazar yes. in Brooklyn. Different yes, race. She was. Um, if she wins, she'll be the youngest. Ocasio Cortez will be the youngest rep, female rep, ever elected. Yeah. I just want to remind everybody, you're listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM. This is a civil politics, occupy the airwaves, election night special. We're going to be on until at least 11 o'clock. Check civil politics, the civil politics Facebook page, facebook.com slash civil politics radio, or the uh, Twitter at civil politics FM. I'm posting links and interesting information under the hashtag, hashtag F. VFR election. <laughs> it's a long day and it's only Tuesday. There you have it. <laughs> it's been a long a long road to this night, yeah. I think, for a lot of us who are dialed into politics. Really, we've been I think some of us have been waiting for this for the last two years. Since the last time we were here doing <laughs> results on a Tuesday night. Yes. Hopefully this will not be as stunningly upsetting. But. Yeah. Um still the A lot of horse races. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of horse races. Um, Anything? Um, there, we're still, um, polls have closed in North Dakota. There's only preliminary exit uh, exit poll data. So exit polls being what they are, people sh- should take them with a hefty grain yeah, of salt. People lie, right? I, I never tell them what I did yes. when they ask me. I, I've <laughs> never... I've never seen or been or known someone who is polled by an exit poll. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who exactly, you know, I'm... They they are often quite reputable, so clearly somebody knows what they're doing. But um, I will say, uh, preliminary exit poll data does say uh, Height Camp has thirty eight percent of the vote to the Republican Kevin Kramer sixty two percent. Oh boy! Yeah. Um, so again, and also early voting, the the relationship of early voting to day of votes, you have two different electorates coming out for those. So exit polls from the day of may not show what the actual results are going to be. Oh, right, because all those people voted early that it hasn't been counted yet. Yeah, but it does say... they aren't leaving the polls to be asked. 47% of voters said Heitkamp's vote against Kavanaugh was a key factor in their vote. (gasps) So as we were saying, I think that was a real... She said when she did it was a vote of conscience. Well, uh, but of course... uh, uh, we I think we talked about it on on civil politics and I, I, I Bob did you guys cover on uh, Occupy the whole uh, a matter of uh, the uh, uh, North Dakota disenfranchising uh, the Native Americans who live in the state. I think we mentioned it. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a major focus on yeah. the, the whole voter suppression thing. I mean, we haven't dialed into that in a major way. <laughs> there's so many ways to there's so many ish problems or fires to talk about with that. But well, right, um, because they don't have an address. They have the reservation address. Right. They have call. post office uh. boxes. The the, the, the post office do, hasn't assigned them a street address and they changed the law in North Dakota sp- specifically to say if you don't have a street address you can't register to vote. And um I hate that and, stuff. And, and uh uh the uh federal court basically turfed out the uh, people complaining saying you know we're being disenfranchised um and they said but you know if you actually do come back with evidence that you're actually finding it you know unable to vote then of course 
the court can uh, the courthouse door is still open. You can sue after the fact. Well, the, the, <laughs> well, you can sue before the fact, but they uh, they didn't actually do anything, even though people were coming back and saying, okay, so according to this one state uh, database, I live at this address, and according to this other one, I live at this address. Which one should I use? Like, I don't I don't know which address to use, but I do know it's a felony for me to vote from the uh, to list the wrong address on my voting form, my voter registration form. Mm-hmm. So. What do I do? <laughs> you know who has a, a big race that's uh, local is Amherst is creating their um, town council for the first oh, time. Oh, very true. Yeah, and there's 13. Wait, they're getting away from town meeting? Um, yes. Yeah, they had the charter change. Uh-huh. So, so 13 people are going to get elected tonight in uh, among Amherst? Among other people who are running, um, Jackie our very is own Jacqueline Maidana is running yeah. for a Argentinian tango programmer here at the... Oh. And actually, in fairness, since we mentioned her name, we should probably mention the other three in her. Um, oh, yeah, District 4, I think. District 4. So I'll just say the names. Uh, Jacqueline Medana, who's one of us. David Rifson, this is District 4. Evan Ross, Stephen Schreiber. Should we read the other district folks, or should we leave it at that? There's like 24 see? of them. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's. Um, four it, times. it would be a long list. If people really care, the information is freely available in a number of places online, and you've yeah. got a newspaper article there. But, but yeah, no, it's it's worth noting. I didn't realize that uh, one yeah, of our fellow programmers was actually running for. Uh, I didn't either till I saw her face in the paper. So, oh. and there's um, at large. So there's like three at large, and then two from each district. And there's one, two, three, four, five districts. So two, that makes sense. Three plus ten is thirteen. So they're going to run and they do the appointments. It's a real change in government. Uh-huh. And it's not a like um, a lot of cities and towns, when they change their government, they go to a checks and balances kind of a thing. And they vested all the power in the town council in uh, huh. in Amherst. So they because do they the, don't have a mayor, one thing. Well, if they're going to go away from yeah. de- direct democracy, you got to have like a step or two before you get to like one, you know, dictatorial presence wielding absolute power. Well said, and maybe that'll be Jackie. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that's something it to watch. It is the harshest kind of tango. <laughs> but really, you know, s- sort of a and in Northampton went through it a couple of years ago. We had a charter change, and it was rocky for a little while. What the committees do, what the school committee does, who's in charge of what? Right. Yeah, it really changes it. Yeah. Um, so, it was a sad day when they went away from direct democracy. I mean, I wasn't living in it, but it seemed yeah. like... Uh, I think a lot of people have a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was a lot of people very um, very upset that that happened, and there was strong resistance. Uh, it's I a huge Jackie pain in the butt, but, yeah, you know... Yeah. <laughs> it's messy, but it works pretty well, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there, the problem with democracy, this is actually a... Oh, actually, Churchill I guess it wasn't quote. a conversation you and I were having. Sorry. <laughs> it was but, a Churchill quote. <laughs> no, no. But it just the uh, the problem with direct democracy is it, it can be tyrannical. You know, the, the example of like, you know, oh, the four tyranny wolves of the... and one sheep vote on what's for lunch kind <laughs> of thing. But, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I think at a, at a local level, I think it's absolutely like a, a, a great model. Uh, one thing in Amherst, uh, though, when, when I was talking to some people that uh, – like I have relatives that live in Amherst. Um, one of the things they were talking about was how a lot, a lot of the power being in the hands of a few uh, people anyway in the in town meeting, um, and plus the people that showed up to to vote. Um, so a lot of people wanted to move to the thirteen member council so they could so 
things would would get done in a more efficient manner but you know you can you can say you can say that's a good thing or a bad thing um either way i think well it's it's you know i suppose we could go back to the classical athenian method of uh you know like oh the 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 Just council that, that own land no well no <laughs> not that but uh uh if the 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 assembly was meeting and there weren't enough people they didn't have quorum they would literally send people out into the agora, into the marketplace, with these ropes that were dipped in red paint. And they would basically just start, you know, what do they call it, kettling people? You know, like sort of advancing towards the uh, the, uh, the building where they would meet. <laughs> and, you know, citizens would basically get sort of forced into the building. Because it was a huge mark of shame to have like a red paint splotch on your on your clothes. You know, it would show like you got literally roped into voting. Interesting. <laughs> I fact, I think that's where that expression comes from. But can you tell us in the Latin? Just kidding. I know you probably uh, can. <laughs> uh, actually, my Latin's not nearly that good. But also, um, Athens was Greece. Oh, right. Sorry. So, so no. No, good point. <laughs> well said. I think I'll go home now. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, so, Sue, so, uh, what what races are, have you been particularly interested in? Like, or you think are indicative, or you know, what what would you want to want us to pay attention? Well, to? well the Amherst race is certainly like, oh yeah, I didn't. Know yeah, and I've sort of been popping in and bringing them up. There's um there's a person, and I I saw a piece on her. her name is uh, Pearl Kim, and I think she's a New York rep race, and she's a Republican, and she seems like a new version of Republican. So I've been trying to check on what's gonna happen there and see how she does. She may lose her, may well lose her race, but I thought she's a really interesting person. And as I said earlier, the fact that here in Massachusetts, we're going to elect Charlie Baker and Elizabeth Warren on the same ballot. And for them to both get such majorities means that some people are voting for a lot of split tickets, both of them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's a good sign. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for is that people are the comment about uh, that I mentioned earlier with Christine Todd Whitman saying that, you know, we need we need to have the Congress start to do its job again mm -hmm. and and really weigh in on things and not just um, delegate stuff back to the executive branch. I mean, I, I think our government's very broken. I mean, I, from my perspective, I, I, I agree, and I think it reflects our our broken polity. The, uh, um, uh, you probably get sick of me saying it, but I mean, you know, I think it comes down to unfortunately, uh, uh, the the Republican Party, especially like the 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 the, the, the hardcore believers in the party and the party leadership have embraced the all or nothing approach. The win at all costs our side is good and the other side is evil and you know like it's it's there's just no compromising do you attribute that to gerrymandering i've heard people say that that the gerrymandering has made it more I, more extreme than it would otherwise be or you can get gerrymandering away with has being, enabled it but yeah. uh i think it's the reason for the gerrymandering um i i, I democrats never gerrymandered no, it's not that they never gerrymander. I think it's because I don't was, know. Honestly, was Jerry a Democrat? I don't know. El Elbridge <laughs> Gerry was. I don't think the Democratic yeah, Party existed, existed back then. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think this was before the the, the Revolutionary War, because uh, Gerry was actually one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence from Massachusetts. Uh, in fact, one of the towns in the original gerrymander was my hometown of Andover, Massachusetts. Where I grew well, there up. you go. Yeah. So, so was so, it really yeah. named after that? a guy? Elbridge Gerry. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. So yeah. it should be gerrymandered, but, you know, <laughs> it sounds better. 
But um, yeah, and his name really is on the Declaration of Independence. And I think he was also at the Constitutional Convention. So, uh, so bad seed from the start. Yes, indeed. (laughs) You can see why I've turned out this way. (laughs) A couple couple results um, as we're as things are continuing to develop. Um, Fifty percent reporting in Colorado. Um, uh, Democrats look uh, like they're going to clinch the uh, the governorship in Colorado. Jared Polis, who is a uh, Denver area congressman, is leading Republican Walker Stapleton fifty four to. 43%. Um, That will make, uh, if Polis is elected, it'll make him the the, uh, nation's first openly gay governor. Cool. So um, that's that's, uh, something. And in Kansas, this is with 16% of the vote reported, so still somewhat early days. Democrat Laura Kelly is running ahead of Republican Chris Kobach by 13 points in the gubernatorial race. That was a... The Kansas was seen as as sort of a, an opportunity for Democrats to really gain some ground because of um, it's kind of one of these states that uh, had been governed by a very right wing Sam Brownback re- Republican. Yes, exactly. And he'd run the um, state into the ground hard. Low right. Taxes. Yep. Made big deficits. And Chris Kobach was has been very identified with Trump and has been a big Trump yeah. supporter. So. Yeah. Oh, Florida. Anything? On I'm there? having a look at the BBC and the. Uh, uh, I don't know if these are exactly the same results you're looking at, but just I'm noticing raw vote totals: two hundred and sixty-one thousand for for Kelly and one hundred and ninety-five thousand for Chris Kobach. So so. Uh, you know, there there's actually like more than just like you know a couple of dozen votes. It's not like that result from Maine where it was like you know fifty people had voted. <laughs> right. Sorry, you were ask, asking something. I forget what I was going to. Oh, about Florida. <laughs> oh yeah, so Florida, because there are a bunch of seats there that isn't it Florida and California and Pennsylvania where the Democrats uh, you all are hoping to hoping to and um, a lot of environmental issues came up in Florida, which was interesting yeah. this time. Well, uh, them, like, blue on the BBC maps, the on the BBC's map, Florida looks really red, actually. So, oh, that's interesting because they were saying that some of the algae and damage to all the beaches and everything is really um, motivating folks to rethink their positions. Well, you've actually lived in Florida, so like, it's true. I, I'll spare you my, you know, ignorant, <laughs> disdainful stereotypes. It was a long time a ago. Who's, well, I've never been there. Oh, you haven't? Oh. No, ever. So so everything I know is only based on, like, lurid coverage in the press and, you know, Florida man, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, you know. I know. You, you. Sometimes people are so disparaging of Florida. and Yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel that, but I recognize that it is not based on like firsthand information. So, well, so and you it, have been there. So, what do you think? Well, parts of it are very redneck, but it looks like we got um, something coming over from John Rose oh. Stefan. No. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say uh, we should take a small break and uh, play some PSAs. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so we can get some water and uh, check out uh, some more of the uh, results coming in. So don't go away. We'll, we'll be, be back in a second. Right. More than a second, but... <laughs> Not <laughs> more than a second. Maybe a minute or so. We're going to be live to 11. Oh, yeah. We're going to be live to 11. So uh, we're going to play some PSAs, like I said, and some station IDs. Promise for other shows. We'll be right back. Yes. Yes. Are you... Connecting with the international community in the Pioneer Valley? Then volunteer to help your immigrant neighbors improve their English and integrate better into their surroundings. 
become a volunteer tutor. Take a free 15-hour training taught by the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. For more details on an application, go to ili.edu or contact Amy at ili.edu. Students come from Africa, Asia, Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East. So volunteer to tutor and expand your world. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. Has anyone ever asked you, don't you have enough records? Adventure Rocket Ship is new and old. Indie pop, psych pop, post-punk, shoegaze, lots of chiming, jangly guitars and catchy melodies from both artists you know and obscure 7-inch singles from around the world. Adventure Rocket Ship, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 p.m. on Valley Free Radio. You work hard for your wages, so you need to know most workers should receive at least the federal minimum wage and hopefully more. Also, most workers should receive overtime if they work more than 40 hours in seven days. These are the laws for everyone, documented or not. Have questions about your wages? Call the U.S. Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division. It's free and confidential. Call 1-866-487-9243. That's 1-866-4-US-WAGE. We can help. A message from the U.S. Department of Labor. Fresh Sounds with your host, Ron Freshly, Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WXOJLP, bringing you the music of Bud Powell, Wardell Gray, Art Blakey, Duke Ellington, Abby Lincoln, Tad Dameron, Yusef Latif, Bix Beiderbeck, Cassandra Wilson, Tom Harrell, Jane Ira Bloom, and thousands more. Looking for an international experience but unable to travel? Consider hosting an adult international student studying English, maybe from the Congo, Iran, Tibet, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Uganda, Tunisia, India, or Iraq. We need friendly hosts interested in a true cross-cultural interchange, fluent in English, and living within a 15-minute walk or convenient bus ride to downtown Northampton. Join ILI's nonprofit effort to create language and cultural immersion experiences for our students. A stipend offsets costs. For more details, go to www.ili.edu or email amy at ili.edu. We're the International Language Institute of Massachusetts in downtown Northampton. Hey, Mom, how about this game? What's it rated? Uh, let's see. T for teen with violence and suggestive themes? Uh, no. Video games are fun, but not all games are right for all players. Look for the rating symbol and content descriptors and read the rating summaries that tell you what's actually in the game. <sighs> this one better? Oh, much. For more information about ratings and rating summaries, visit ESRB.org. And we're back for the Election Night Special here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm here with the whole crew for Civil Politics. Uh, Stefan Ward-Wheaton, uh, back from limbo to join us for this special <laughs> evening. I'm here from the upside down. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> is, is is that why you've got I'm, that number tattooed on your arm? Yeah, <laughs> that's why I have that vague, vaguely fungal stench about me. Right. Um, but uh, and also John Roberts and Sue Timberlake and uh, uh, I haven't also watched joining, it either. It's, it's okay. Also, also joining us is uh, Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves. We may have some other folks too. We're, we're trying to wrangle some things. But Stefan, go ahead. Okay. Um, yes. So we're here. Uh, we're actually coming up on. 10 o'clock when we will get yes. more results, but um, we're still kind of... Uh, Polls will be spoo- closing in the central time zone, if not... Er- if, yes, if that's right. Um, and, we, and we're still kind of spooling out a lot of results from uh, races that have already technically closed, but results are still coming in. A lot of them are very close. Um, it's... Uh, let's see. Do we? What do we have for flips? Um, it, it looks like, uh, according to 538, the... Democrats seem to be solidifying in the House a little bit. They're back up to a two and three chance of um of taking uh taking the House. Um it looks like there are some interesting results. Uh with twenty four percent reporting in Georgia, Karen Handel, uh if you remember the Ossoff, John Ossoff Karen Handel race, one of the first um special elections after of, of last year that was very hotly contested. The Democrats narrowly uh Mistaking this yeah. suburban Georgian seat uh, outside of Atlanta. How's it going now? Uh, McBath, who I don't know, uh, uh, McBath, who is the Democratic challenger, is currently leading by close to four percent, with twenty-four percent reporting. Huh. So you could see you may they may be able to reverse their fortunes there. Um, let's see. In uh, it does look like um, Amy McGrath in. Kentucky, who is running against, uh, she is, um, um, I think, uh, an ex-Marine. A CIA, um, too, I think. Was she the one? Possibly. Yeah, yeah, she has a military background. Yeah. She was running a very strong, oh. kind of a blue, uh, like a, a red state Democrat campaign. Oh, is that the one where he criticized her and she said, uh, pardon me, sir, and all due respect, you don't know about the military in a war? Because he said he was at war with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good Yeah, it was a really good from her. Yeah, and um, the, I mean, she clearly has a very strong military background, and yeah. I think he has none. So it right. was sort of a strange thing for him to. It to does do. look like she's fallen short of taking that seat. Oh, so, she's fallen short. I thought you were saying she was leading. Uh, oh. No, no, it's very, very close, but she has fallen short, and that was one where Republicans had, or Democrats were looking for a pickup there. So, yeah. um, uh, they they are making pickups. It looks like in uh, Florida, Chris Curbelo, who is. Uh, Cuban-American Republican, kind of a mainstay of the uh, Hispanic Republican caucus. It looks like he's lost his seat in Florida. So oh, that's interesting. Democrats mm. are, are making gains, but they need to really be cutting into these marginal seats. Yeah, and it's um, 23 yeah. they're shooting these, for. I mean, these are, these are tight margins, It's it, I, I should emphasize. And um, I, let's see what else is going on in the – what do we have in the Senate? Um, Beto O'Rourke has a pulled out a narrow lead in Texas. Really? Oh, hang on, hang on. Um, oh, it's neck. It's still neck and neck. Nine percent reporting in. Okay, Ted Cruz has pulled back in the lead, but it's it's fifty um, percent to forty nine point four. So this is this is races, and again with nine percent reporting, it goes into the this is gonna yeah. this is gonna be a very late night in they Texas. Still have to, they still have to do all the early voting stuff. They they count that after mm-hmm. the yeah. Claire McCaskill holding a strong lead with four percent in oh, from Missouri. That was a very tough Important. race for Democrats. Yep. They were playing defense there. Four um, percent is 
sort of small four percent is a small result, but um, but it, it we do have you know there are a couple hundred thousand votes reporting, so it's not so marginal that it it can be an, a total aberration. So what that that could very easily tighten, but I think she's in a she's in a strong position with what looks like about an eight percent lead. Um, uh, Debbie Stabenow is looking in a little bit of trouble in Michigan. This is an interesting result. Oh, oh yeah, this wasn't even really considered a top line battleground state, but with seventeen percent reporting in Michigan, Debbie Stabenow, the incumbent Democrat, is um, is in a very tight race with John James, who's the Republican challenger. He's currently leading uh, by about twelve thousand votes, so it's very tight with um, one point two million casts. She could very easily pull it out. Um, Michigan's another state where, for example, uh, cities like Detroit and Wayne County and Flint report later. Um, yeah. if, if you remember from 20, election night 2016, that was a, a sort a bit of a nail biter. So I wouldn't count her out just yet. But that again, th- this is not a race that Democrats were expecting Wasn't to be. Wasn't on the uh, yeah on uh, the have to really in the hot strongly. seat. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, the, the 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 this is a much cooler reception from voters, I think, than Democrats were hoping for across the board. Um, it still looks, um, it's still looking good in the House. It looks like they may. Um, the the New York Times is forecasting that they may the Dem, uh, House Democrats may end up with a a nine point five percent popular vote lead. In the House, and I think that you know we were talking about gerrymandering and and sort of the way that districts have been drawn and how that can affect um, the actual election results. It's it is remarkable that with close to a ten percent majority in a popular vote, Democrat a, a, a political party still has to fight, and it's a very slim result whether they'll even get a majority. With that kind of a popular vote majority, that's a sign of the headwind that I think the Democratic Party is facing. Not just in the Senate, where they're defending a very unforgiving map, but in the House, where even though they have a whole, they're running all the the whole slate of races, the structural components are still against them. They still have to have a pretty huge lead in order to make headway and actually take seats that they need to take. Yeah, in a number of states. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the uh... Uh, Pennsylvania state Supreme Court ruling earlier this year to redraw the districts in that state was so right. significant. I mean, uh, uh, you know, like the, the I believe Pennsylvania has eleven Senate se- uh, uh, House seats, and uh, at, at the time, you know, like they they found you know uh, Republican uh, uh, legislators who were like, why have we you know why have we drawn the map so that like there are eight fir- solid Republican districts and three solid Democrat districts. Mm-hmm. Because we couldn't find a way to draw it nine to two. Yeah. Next door in New York, um, John Faso's seat. Uh, Republican John Faso was holding his seat in um, upstate New York, kind of mid Hudson Valley region. Is he the this guy is, who's indicted? No, I don't think. I don't think he has any scandals associated with him. This is just a very marginal district, and so and it looks like Anthony Delgado uh, currently has a three point seven percent lead with uh 67% reporting in. So it's looking very good. He's uh he's an African American Rhodes scholar. This is a rural mostly white district. It's interesting in for York. that reason alone. Yeah. Um but it, this it, this was the seat that um Zephyr Teachout had challenged oh, Teachout. Fazo 2 years ago. 
and that was considered to be a big pickup opportunity. She fell short of that. You know, again, Democrats had a lot of disappointing results that year, as we know. Um, but I heard a Republican say that I remember her name because you told us about her, Stefan. But one of the Republicans who was debating said that he was going to appoint her to one of the commissions. He's a Republican. Interesting. Yeah, and I thought, oh, that's odd. She's it, an interesting one. Zephyr yeah. Teach Out. If if you follow New York politics, keep your eye on her because. She was most notable for uh, she ran a primary contest against Andrew Cuomo for his last run at the governorship four years ago. And that was considered to be kind of a controversial move. But I think she garnered more support than expected. So she's not going to be gone anytime soon. Oh, and she's amazing. But I thought it was funny that a Republican would be using her as, well, this is, you know, this is how I work across the aisles as I'm going to appoint her to this commission. It's like. Oh, I know that name. <laughs> well, Faso was also known for maybe the sleaziest campaign in the country in some ways. Of who's this? Faso. Oh, uh, yes. Republican yeah. uh, Faso. He's represented in District 19, New York 19, running against this Delgado. But he was running oh. um, partly on the fact that uh, Delgado had run had made a a rap uh, song or oh, yeah. a, a oh, CD a right. number of years yeah. ago. And they were making that a big issue, so there it was a, a you know some kind of whistle politics there. But then they took his rap music and changed the wording to to make it um, sound the opposite. Change the lyrics to like "Kill Whitey," yes, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Wow. Um, so right, and he yeah. ran an ad like, "Is this who you want representing <laughs> our district?" It was very dog whistling, uh, a big city rapper, and listen to what he he said, <laughs> and they you know. Doctored it with the uh, editing technology. <laughs> Pretty sleazy. Well, yeah, looks like he's losing. So there you go. Yeah, that that may have actually uh, th- he got uh, quite a bit of backlash from that, not just from Democrats. So I think that was kind of seen as being beyond the pale. So hopefully, uh, oh my God, there's a line that, that you can't you can't go over in some places. <laughs> apparently, Democrats do, even Fox News might have one. Now, did you hear that? Like the the uh, Fox News issued a statement basically saying that, uh, you know, it's regrettable that Sean Hannity and Jeanine Pirro appeared on stage with President Trump at a rally yesterday. We've told them not to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they do take shows away from people if they're going to run for office. I mean, that is mm-hmm. sort of their their standard line. But Yeah, well. Interesting. In Utah, remember, remember Sue, Romney? a couple of years ago, we, <laughs> oh, we'll be watching out for that race, too. Mitt Romney, well-known to Massachusetts voters, is running for Senate in Utah. Yeah. But also in Utah, in the 4th District, Mia Love oh, had yeah. been elected there as an African-American woman. Mormon. Mormon, and yeah. Republican, yeah. The, she's running against a Democrat who is currently leading her. With fifty four percent of the board in again, it's Utah. This is a very Republican state. This this uh, this is the most Democratic leaning district in Utah. But that's Jeez, you're I grading on a curve. Hold, yeah, I figured she'd hold on to her seat, but you're saying he's ahead. So. Yeah, it, it it had been held by a Democrat before her, Jim Matheson, um, who was kind of a I think a sort of a blue dog, more conservative Democrat. So I'm assuming um this uh this person running against her in Utah McAdams probably fits a similar profile but again the yeah. s- I, the democrats seem to be showing a lot more strength in the west and as we're getting as we as our time zones are moving west i think we're starting to see where that house majority might come from it could come from seats that they pick up in these western states california is going to be the big app you know the big thing for them but we'll see about that yeah 
Uh, you're listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. We're streaming live on valleyfreeradio.org. And uh, I, I think that's all the stuff I'm supposed to say, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. And, and if you, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can follow uh, uh, us uh, as we're doing this live on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. And Twitter, it's at civilpoliticsfm. Uh, John was using the hashtag VFR election uh, as we're posting updates to things. And uh, we do love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us uh, on Twitter or Facebook at those two uh, addresses I just gave you. Or uh, uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org is our email. And uh, uh, one more thing. All opinions on, on this episode are of the, of the host alone, not of the station. Yes. Um, we forgot to play oh, that. The views, and the, the, the views and opinions do not necessarily reflect those of Valley Free Radio, its members, uh, uh, officers, or really anybody else associated with it. Just us. <laughs> just, yeah, just us. Yeah, this is all opinion tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, and a few facts. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I'll, I'll give a roundup. We're heading, we're, we just crossed the 10 o'clock hour here on, uh, on yep. our election special. So we're, there's a ton left, of course, and there will be until late tonight. I'll give you a roundup. In terms of confirmed flips, we've talked about seats where one or another party is leading. This is where the races have been called. In the House, party flips have all been, uh, have all been Democratic, um, Democratic takes so far. The Republicans Hasn't haven't yet flipped. flipped a Democratic House seat. So obviously that's good news for the Democrats. Um, Colorado 6. Uh, Jason Crow has has won uh, that seat. That's an eight point lead. Adana Shalala, who is oh, uh, in Florida, her. in Florida, yeah. has taken if, a. Um, she's she was running for a Miami House seat. Health and, Health and Human Services under Clinton. Under right? under Bill Clinton, yeah, yeah. And she was a very prominent uh, surrogate for Hillary Clinton during the 2016 campaign. That's probably where a lot of younger voters know her from. Um, so she took that seat in Kansas. Sharice uh, Davids has taken a House seat in Kansas. It's pretty notable for a Democrat to be taking a House seat in Kansas at all. Um, we'll also be watching from the other seat where, um, I believe, now Sharice Davis, is she the, um, she would be the first Native American, I think, uh, representing, representing, con uh, or in Congress. in Congress as yeah. a representative, rather. So that's Male or quite notable. Yeah, she's an army veteran. Um, yeah, so Native American woman. So yeah, we're again we're seeing we're seeing a broader. You know, I think regardless of what happens tonight, we're seeing that the face of the house is going to change a I lot. I hate to be detailed, but um, she would be the first Native American, not the first Native American woman. Does Am I wrong? Any Native American, right? I don't know. Right? It could be. I be I think so. Unless, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Charisse, uh, hold on. I just closed that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wrong time to close that thing. Um, you ruined the night. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> just ruining. Um, Sharice, Sharice Davids. You know how people always say, I don't want to be the first you know, female Muslim attorney general. I just want to be a really good attorney general. I just right. wanted to clarify that she's the first Native American. Yes. And to that's... serving uh, the, in the House. Right, that's exactly. Correct. Might be in Congress. In, but in, in, wow, that's... Uh, that, that's that's that sad speaks, if that's true. Yeah, that speaks volumes. It's, yeah, it's taken this long, really. I mean, um, yeah. What else? Um, 
in in Minnesota, the third district, Dean Phillips has taken a Republican seat that was, I think, held for quite a long time. It was a sub, it's a suburban seat around the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area. It had been held by a series of Republicans, so that's a that's a pickup for them. So we're about Minnesota's five or worth, six, seven. Yeah, Minnesota is worth watching because there um, there's the northern house seat around Duluth was held for a long time by a series of kind of very pro labor. Democrats, you know, it's a, it's kind of an old school Democrat labor seat, um, and and kind of in that's very much the way that uh, Democrats have been able to hold on to majorities in Minnesota is with that kind of the rural and labor vote allying with the the big cities, and it looks like Republicans may actually take a seat. They may actually get that seat back from the Democrats, and it's 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 showing how rural areas are trending redder, even areas that have had traditional democratic that's strength and especially that's that's one area where the democrats in minnesota iowa and wisconsin there's a swath of democratic leaning territory that aren't big cities and it's actually been the reason that democrats have been competitive partly for in in part in those states so if Demo- if republicans can make inroads in there probably not tonight but in future elections that could be a source of 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 problems for Democrats in those states. So again, that's a long-term projection, but I think we're going to see some shifts in demography there. Um, should yeah. we announce that uh, we have we have a call coming in in about 10 minutes from oh, great. Uh, Representative-elect Lindsay Sabadosa for the 1st Hampshire District. Uh, she's running unopposed in the general election, and uh, we expect her to win, but uh, hopefully we'll, <laughs> she'll feed us some uh, information about what they're reading at uh, the there's headquarters a lot, down. A lot at of people the, there too, right? There's I expect, yeah. There's a number of campaigns that came together and uh, nice. we're having an event. And Flip the House Group uh, is there, and um, Bill Scherer, uh who's from Politico now. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a friend of the friend of the show too. Mm-hmm. And well, I guess he's feeding a lot of stuff up on a screen and saying what's going on. So, well, stay tuned for that. Oh, but uh, one thing, it just occurred to me, like we've been talking about governor's races, one of the the, the bet noir for the uh, uh, Democratic Party uh, uh, has been uh, Wisconsin Governor uh, Scott Walker, uh, a notorious Republican uh, who's uh, oh. worked hard to bust unions and uh, roll back public protections in his state. Uh, so the, the results I'm seeing here, according to uh, uh, the AP, uh, with 43%, uh, almost 44% of the precincts in, uh, Democrat Tony Evers is leading by 60,000, well, 59,999 votes. <laughs> well, what percentage in there? That looks about 5%. That was about 44% of the vote counted. So mm-hmm. he's leading by uh, 4.92%. So, yeah. That's, that's that's a that is that is a very good Scott result. Scott Walker's for very Democrats. hated, or used to be really hated for yeah. some of the stuff that he did, especially to the unions. Yeah, exactly. Some of that that stuff right. was really. Um, Wisconsin is a big battleground state. You know, I've, this used is, to be so democratic, and so I was amazed when that happened. It was like the beginning of the teachers' union, and yeah, yeah a lot of yeah. history there. And he went right right into the mouth of the. Yeah, I was surprised when he did that. Yeah. Well, I, there's, there's nothing like a, a few years of terrible mismanagement to have people turn against you. It seems that was one thing. I, that was one um, way that you know. I think I think that's the economy in Wisconsin, not just in terms of labor issues, but the economy in Wisconsin suffered quite a bit 
under okay. at the same time that neighboring Minnesota's their economy has done quite well under Democratic stewardship. So I think that's been something that Democrats have the used leverage as to kind of hit hit Walker. And Walker survived recall election oh, attempts before. Amazing so lawsuits, this was an, all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, this could have been an uphill battle for the Democrats. It looks like Tony Evers or Tim Evers, no Tony, excuse me, Tony Evers is is carried carried that ball across the line. We're still waiting for the call from you know from an official news agency, but I'd say at this point it looks it looks very good for them. So we're up to um, six or seven. Ah, my uh, old stomping grounds of New Mexico. It looks like Michelle Lujan Grissom is taking back that um, governorship. It had been held by Republican Susana Martinez. I'd been watching that because that would give Democrats a trifecta. I oh, believe, they'd have in state the government. House and Senate and the. Yes, this, yeah. which is that's something we're watching is seeing state level control and seeing how how many legislatures and governor seats Democrats can flip back because that looking ahead to 2020 and the census. Yep, that's, that's where you that's get the control. Be very important, at least as important, I would say, as these top level federal races. So I want to make sure people are watching those. Um, There's um, a flip total out of the New York Times up to eight. Um, they have an eight eight Democratic uh, flips positive, eight uh, Republican losses in the House of Representatives. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. And we're just at um, ten. We're coming up on a little after ten. Yeah, it's a little after ten. Uh, and I guess uh, are we expecting uh, 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 Representative Alex Abadosa to call us or? For yes. A- yes. Okay. So we'll we'll watch the phones. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, let's see. Anything new from the Senate? John Tester seems to be holding his Montana seat. Another yeah, red state Democrat. Um, but Tester is, Tester is a very uh, – he's been representing that state now for over a decade. So it seems to be have put down roots there. So he's a really uh, important crew cut. So he could be almost a Republican. <laughs> he does have a very <laughs> – he's got that real crew looks cut. Looks like the it's, Marine. It's pretty yeah, serious. Yeah, he's, he's a – He's a he's a Democrat with a capital D. <laughs> Very first results coming in from Arizona. This is a big, uh, highly contested Senate seat. It's mm. it's one percent reporting. So um, Kristen Sinema, the Democrat, <laughs> Martha McSally are neck and neck. It's oh, forty eight and forty nine. So we're going to be watching that. I'm expecting those totals to move, but it's 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 quite close. Um, Texas sixteen percent in. Ted Cruz is holding on to a narrow lead with. to Beto O'Rourke's 48.9%. Again, 16% reporting. That's a tight margin. Even in a a state that size, I would say that that is still a flippable seat, but it all depends. 88,000 votes, according to what I've Can you tell, um, I don't know if you can, but can you tell which counties are reporting? I'm going to try. Oh, ooh, I can. Thanks to the New York (laughs) Times, they have a county-level map. (laughs) You know me, I love my my detailed results. it looks like they're kind of reports are coming in uh, from all over. Travis County has only, which is Austin, has only just started to report, oh, and, and it's coming very, in seventy five percent for O'Rourke. Yeah, that's a university um, town. Harris County, they're uh, they had their um, polling places open an extra hour, and that's Harris County's Houston, and that's coming in heavily for Beto O'Rourke as well. Only seventy nine precincts out of over a thousand are reporting from Harris County. So we could see I mean, you know, it it it, it depends a lot on a lot of the counties that have come in are rural, heavily Republican counties, and many of them are 
are further along in their counting. So who knows? I mean, better, it could go either way at this point. Better and voting machines? Well, better, well, better voting I, I, I just picked yeah. one at random. Eastland County in Texas. Ted Cruz is leading by a huge margin there with 90% of the votes counted in that county. Um, but the totals are 5,373 votes for Ted Cruz and 796 for Beto O'Rourke. So, I mean, it's... You know, Ted Cruz yeah. can carry that county by a huge margin, and it's only a drop in the whole bucket that is Texas. So, small rural but it looks towns. right on the map. So, <laughs> right, yeah, it's this. This is gonna this is gonna be a nail biter, and this is, you know, I mean, I think even if Democrats don't take the Senate, and it seems very likely they won't, taking a House seat in Texas, uh, taking a Senate seat in Texas, and knocking off Ted Cruz while doing so yeah. will be a serious point of light for them yeah. yeah and what i want to know is will the republicans in the senate thank us for getting rid of ted cruz for them i mean you know nobody likes him right you've heard <laughs> that's, that that's what i've heard you know yeah I, but, I don't know where i heard that but yeah i mean you know at least like a you know like a like a starbucks card for like oh, thanks god here you go <laughs> well you know it is it is an interesting time because if people are so party loyal they won't say that they actually don't like somebody or they don't want to work with them or you know that's what's become taboo well, is that you, you you know you sort of toe the party line and you don't do what christine yes. todd whitman did which was like i hope i hope the democrats take the well house. i've certainly heard plenty of people heard plenty of republicans say nasty things about ted cruz yeah. over the years but yeah i mean that's kind of why like we're stuck with bob menendez in new jersey who's you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh one thing i want to mention just going back to uh the 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 ideological split that we were talking about a little bit before um one thing that i always find interesting is the fact that um people are more mobile now so they're able to choose where they live and people will choose to live around people that share share their values so like uh 50 years ago you wouldn't be able to to just pack up and move to a new job in a new state or outside of your community and there was a lot more mixing of the of people's uh, opinions and everything, you had to deal with. Are you sure it was fifty people. years ago? I was sixteen then, and I moved. Man, away. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe a 50, little more than fifty. Fifty years ago is now is now like what nineteen ninety eight? I don't know. Sorry, I'm so, so old. I remember. Yeah. So um, I moved to Florida. I lived in Maine. Yeah, know? I mean, uh, you, you're you're not duck, so that's one thing. <laughs> fifty but, years ago was nineteen sixty eight. Yeah. yeah and, uh, so yeah, we were all moving to Haight Ashbury, and you know. su- suburban <laughs> white flight was still very much a new phenomenon then. So. Exactly. Like you, you think about the fifties and the sixties, and like how how everybody thinks about oh why why aren't we talking about politics like in the same way? It's because people in Texas, if you're liberal, then you're like I'm gonna move to Dallas. <laughs> I'm Austin. not gonna stay mm-hmm. fifteen yeah, miles from my birthplace. You know, like that's so people are choosing where to where to live, even across the country. Segregate people are segregating themselves. Well, mm-hmm. I mean that that's how how we're built. Do you remember um, the yeah, mayor but, but of New Orleans? But segregating, I think, is actually like the the right verb there. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember when um, the mayor of New Orleans, right after uh, Katrina, he said that it was a chocolate, chocolate city? Chocolate city, yeah. Yeah, and people were horrified by that. Yeah, well, was... well, <laughs> well, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he was saying it was a good a good thing that, oh, yeah. that people were associating with folks they wanted to associate with, and that you oh, yeah. know leave them alone. Detroit, uh, D.C., Boston, maybe not Boston. Kind of Boston. Uh, Boston's New- a city of neighborhoods. You don't go into Southie, and you don't go into you know. Yeah, nobody really wants to go to Southie. Yeah, Easty, <laughs> Easty that isn't really <laughs> East. 
Sadly, um, New England is especially at Boston, especially are still pretty darn racist. Trust me, I know. Yeah. yeah. City oh, of, do you really? How, how did is, you notice? This is this is something I know quite well. Yeah. <clears throat> Here you go, Stefan. <laughs> Stefan, now that we follow that, about racism, back to you. <laughs> Always the lead-ins for you guys that I love. Just, <laughs> I just know to expect it at this point. Um, uh, nothing, and, nothing on Maine or, or Romney, huh? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we do. So the thing with Maine is we're, we might have to wait a while to see oh, right, how the ranked choice voting plays into it because it is going to take. It's yeah. it's going to take time for that. I I will it's, say it's th- only eight fifteen in Utah as well. So I mean, right, yeah. Good I don't point. know. If the, well, they're more. It's a Mormon state, so they might have all gone to bed by now. But <gasps> in Maine, <laughs> we do have some results out of Maine. Same in in <laughs> for the governor's seat, uh, being uh, uh, Paul LePage, who is the Republican governor, has uh, has he was resigned term, that seat lim- because it was term limited. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh wow. <laughs> all right. Hang on a sec, folks. Hello. Want to play a PSA or whatever while we uh, sort that out, genre? Sounds good. All right, so we're going to play a couple of notices while we uh, sort out uh, this technical issue, and uh, we'll be back with more of our election night special here on Valley Free Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413 413- Five eight seven one zero one three to find out more. A world of opportunity is sitting here in the Pioneer Valley, right in Hoyoke. Bringing together a variety of organizations, Passport Hoyoke helps you discover Hoyoke's varied treasures. With numerous events happening nearly every day, there's no reason to ever be bored. For a full list of events and member organizations, visit Passport Hoyoke on the web at www.passporthoyoke.org. Come discover the city of Hoyoke. Has anyone ever asked you, don't you have enough records? Adventure Rocket Ship is new and old. Indie pop, psych... So... Lots of chiming, jangling guitars and catchy melodies from both artists you know and obscure 7-inch singles from around the world. Adventure Rocket Oh, so we can talk Tuesday to her without going on the 11 p.m. on Valley Free Radio. We're getting the text set here, so uh, hang with us. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! You're listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM oh, in we're Northampton, going on the air Massachusetts. In 20 Today, community broadcasting is more important than ever. Corporate interests affect what music we hear on commercial radio, and real news and opinion take a backseat to ratings and profits. Valley Free Radio is owned by its members, operated by volunteers. It's programming created by your friends and neighbors, and it's wholly supported by the community. Please consider going to www.valleyfreeradio.org slash donate to support free speech in the Pioneer Valley. Thank you so much. 
And we're back with uh, the Election Night Special here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow from Civil Politics, and I've got my whole Civil Politics crew here with me, as well as uh, Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves. And Bob, you've scored us a special Election Night uh, special uh, guest who's phoning it in with us. So. Well, we've uh, announced you as the winner, Lindsay, of your race. <laughs> yes, Lindsay Sabadosa. Uh, really? You took that risk. Yes, we that was did. Great. Yeah. I'm impressed. Our exit polling was uh, excellent, and you've done very well. So, yeah. No, kidding aside, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I, I understand your opponent has already conceded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happened early on. <laughs> So, I mean, w- one of the things we want to talk about, um, and we could talk about uh, now that you're elected, uh, what uh, what that means for you and uh, how things are going to go forward. We also want to hear what you're hearing on the ground there at the Deuce, I guess, in terms of races around the country in Massachusetts, the ballot questions, anything maybe that uh, you want to share on, the, on those fronts. Sure. I, I will say um, that it's been a little crazy for me tonight, so I've been running around a fair amount talking to people and I haven't been paying or I haven't been able to see over the crowd to see what it looks like nationally. I know that there has been cheering, so I believe that a few seats have been flipped. I yeah. know some races are still too close to call. Yes. So it's going like, to like, be like interesting the to see Senate. what the night looks like. Mm-hmm. Who's there with you? Um, you have a lot of folks there at the Deuce tonight, right? Oh, we have. We you know we opened it up to anybody who wanted to come. So there are a fair number of people who've shown up to, to pop in, even if it's just for 20 minutes or so. We have a few people who've been here all night who would you know prefer to watch the election results in company rather than at home. So it's, it's a good crowd of people. Um, it's dwindling a tiny bit now as it gets later, but we expect that there'll be a crew of hardcore election night watchers here until the small hours of tomorrow morning because that is how we do these things and i'm actually really interested to see what happened across the state i heard uh fairly recently that trom win won her seat in uh, essex that's a flip seat so she's taking that seat from long time republican incumbent jim lyons who is that gloucester um, no that's andover i, I, andover. I think uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, um, it's it's not. It is uh, Andover. Andover. Yeah. 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 That's my my mom voted in that race. Oh, there you ah. go. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, there I know that now. <laughs> so that's been one of the races I've been watching. I I haven't actually seen results for all of them. I I heard that um, Tanya Neslutin did not win. She was in where I believe that Brian Ash has prevailed um, in Southern Hamden County. So you're trying to check in on all of those things, uh, the ballot initiatives have been huge for me. I've worked a lot, both on question one and question three. So I was really hopeful um, that both would prevail. It looks like three has and that one is uh, not doing so well. So we'll we'll see. And they said it was pulling a little tighter a a while ago, but I know that we all get numbers from different places. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, for me personally, this is Michael Dow again from Civil Politics. I got to say, like, I certainly voted for question one, but like, uh, question three, I thought was the one that was like, like the if I had to pick one that absolutely had to pass, the one where we did not strip rights away from some of the most uh, uh, threatened people in our in our state was definitely like like the most important thing that had to pass. Because I mean, like the problems with our our healthcare system that the nursing staffing question was trying to fix 
there are other ways to fix that. Like, you know, you strip people's sure. rights away. There's, there's sort of no going back from that. Yeah, and really, the the question, question one should have been fixed legislatively, and and wasn't, and that's why, you know, the MNA chose to take it to the ballot. My fear in question one not passing is that the status quo is going to prevail. So my argument to people has been, if you think that there need to be changes, even if you don't like the way the question is written, you need to vote yes because that's going to start negotiations. And if it fails, I you know I, I wonder what that will look like. Yeah. Um, I know that. I am certainly always going to be a supporter of unions, and so I will be trying to, to work with the nurses to do, to work with the MNA to see how they want to move forward, regardless of what happens. Yeah, that, that was my logic for voting for, for yes on one as well. There so. was a lot of money spent against um, question one, too. I mean, overwhelming money, and that's really too bad. I, I just, yeah. the, you know, and, the, and, the powers that be, I'm a Republican, but I have to say watching all the healthcare organizations line up and run all those ads was just you know, heartbreaking. And one of the comments that really resonated with me tonight was how many people voted for question two, which is about getting money out of politics, and yet then voted no on one, which was a question heavily influenced by money in politics. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So Good that point. is, a, I, yes. I wonder if voters thought about that when they were going to the polls. I know, I understand that change is scary. The question was not perfect. There's a lot at play. But I, I think sometimes we need to dig deeper into these issues when we talk about question three and discrimination. I mean, question one was also a question of who has power and who doesn't, who has voice and who doesn't. Well, I noticed the Globe weighed in to say no on question yeah, one, which was, I was very you know, surprised the Globe, about. The Globe does that a lot. Yeah. Well, and the MNA had exhausted all the other avenues. They'd, they'd been through collective bargaining. Yeah. They'd, they'd exhausted everything else. So this was like... This was a way to at least get the ball rolling, and it's true. The legislature—they don't always enforce things that pass anyway. Yeah. You know, of it's course. sort of yeah. It was sort of more of a vote of support for nurses. So, yeah. yeah and that doesn't seem to be what's happening this evening, which is I, I find disappointing. But yeah. we we will move forward, and we will find solutions to make now, if, you know hospitals better places for nurses to work. We, you know, the nurses said over and over, everybody gets sick. You will all be a patient at some point. So this is a question that really impacts all of us and what we want our care to look like. Yeah. Well, if only you, uh, you know, were in a position to do something about it, like, you know, go to the state. I know, right? <laughs> <Some shame>. <laughs> <sighs> if only. <laughs> uh, and we haven't heard anything on uh, the advisory questions four and five, but maybe uh, we so can I dig So I actually have not seen anything on five, which now that you mention it is kind of surprising, but I did see. There wasn't the... a question five in East Hampton, so I don't know that one. Oh, okay. So five was ranked choice voting, and oh. I did see on the news um, about four that it passed by, I believe, about 70 percent, um, but That's I don't know if all, all those numbers yeah. are in yet, and I didn't mm -hmm. see like what was reporting. Uh, five, I haven't seen anything about. I mean, my suspicion, and I'm not a gambler, but my suspicion is that it will probably pass, but I'd, I'd like to see some firm numbers there. We uh, hi. This is uh, this is Stefan uh, Ward Wheaton from the uh, Civil Politics Crew. I'm kind of running numbers, uh, mm -hmm. just cutting in here. Um, with it, it's still early days, but for question five, the ranked choice uh, voting question that was um, on the ballot in two districts in Amherst um, and also out here in um, in the first first Hampshire in in mm -hmm. Northampton, it's currently leading by close to sixty percent. So it's okay. likely it'll pass again. It's uh, with 10% in, but that, okay. those are good early numbers. All right. So, well, it's definitely uh, a fun night for election watchers. 
<laughs> we live for this. <laughs> or, or painful, painful yet again. You know, we were all here in 2016, basically the same crew, and uh, it, it was a long and painful night. It, 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 it was, uh, yes. Sadly, realizing I, I it, it was the night I realized just how bad white America really is. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I think no matter what happens tonight, if the House is flipped, and I don't think it looks like the Senate is going to be flipped, and what governors, you know, governorship the Democrats or the Republicans win or lose, none of this is really, I think, the repudiation of Trump's racism that we wanted to see. True. And I, I know. I, I was in the car a lot today because I drove to every single polling place in my district. Um, so from Montgomery to Hatfield, which is wow. you know, quite a lot of time in the car. So I listened to a lot of NPR and I got to hear some of the advertisements or clips of advertisements that have been used this election cycle. And it is it's just, it's not surprising given the rhetoric, but it's, deeply disappointing that more people aren't rising up to say that this is just wrong, that we need to, to do better as a country. Here, here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, for those who uh, didn't see the Sunday night football game, which might be everybody here but me, I don't know. But they, the uh, <laughs> the Patriots? Yeah, uh, the Republican <laughs> I, National I, Committee. I was on the road. I missed it, yeah. <laughs> they ran an ad during the football game, which was heavily watched because it was Patriots versus Green Bay, this ad about the caravan and being like these horrific killers, you know, on, on the march to come. And, yeah. Uh, and, it, it was about as bad as you can get, you know. It was a Willie I've, Horton moment. I've heard it know. compared to Willie Horton, yeah. Mm. Willie Horton do you know who actually, was it RNC or do you know? Was it, it was the, the Trump th campaign specifically. It was the And Trump. it ends with Donald Trump saying, I approve this message. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. God. And uh, it, that was very sad to see and full of lies and, and uh, of course, but and very racist, so. And NBC decides to run it. I mean, they get scorched all the time as being part of the fake news, but they agreed to take this money, you know, to run a horrific ad. So, well, they 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 were still tired from uh, having uh, fired Megyn Kelly and realizing they owed her like sixty million dollars or whatever. They thought, well, we need to replenish the coffers. So, uh oh. <laughs> Anyways, we have Lindsay Sabadosa going to the state house to make uh, change, and so there's there's much good here going on. And there's there, there's well, some good results. You know, Congratulations. Thank you. But you know, I do want to say I I am very excited with the class that I am going to the state house with. There are many women in this class. There are definitely not enough people of color as there should be, but there there are some. We did see some changes in the state house, and I'm. I'm just really honored to be going in with a group of people that deeply, deeply believes in, in not just theoretical change, but real structural changes. So besides uh, trying to pick up the gauntlet of uh, the nursing health care issues that uh, question one was trying to address on the ballot, what are some mm -hmm. of the other things you're going to be uh, trying to focus on as soon as you uh, uh find your office and, and get your desk at the state house. <laughs> well, I, I've already found my office because we're stuck in the bullpen for the first few months. So ah. I know we'll be up on the fourth floor. They've already told us that. Um, you know, I talk, I've talked a lot about Medicare for All on the campaign trail, and I'm already starting to figure out how we do that work in a way that 
has a longer-term vision so that we're not just thinking about doing work within election cycles, but we're saying we understand that this is not going to be done in a year or in six months. This is going to take time. And so what does this look like five years down the line? What kind of coalitions do we need to build? Um, how do we convince more legislators to come on board? What are the pieces of legislation that we start to file that start to bring us in the right direction? So all those conversations are being had. I've already sat down with the speaker, and I have asked uh, about having a Medicare for All caucus, um, and I did to which he was not opposed. I've sat down with Senator Eldridge, who has been a champion of Medicare for All, um, to have more in-depth conversations about how does this really get done in our state. So I am I'm hopeful to you know, get involved in that and push that forward as soon as possible. And um, I will also, you know, obviously be focusing on other pieces of legislation. I'm really excited to file my, my first bills. And I have a few, I, I'm calling them conversation starters that I'm looking forward to file that are maybe a little bit, they push the envelope a little bit, but they start moving discussions in the direction they need to go in. Well, How's that for a teaser? That sounds great. <laughs> we, we look forward to it. And yeah. uh, we're actually coming up on the half-hour break, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a moment to play some PSAs and other announcements. Uh, uh, Lindsay, I don't know if you've got like a you know you're at the World War II Club in Northampton, so if you need to go and actually talk to deal with the people <laughs> I, who are I there do, in front but, of you, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very glad to have been able to speak with you. Thank you. Excellent. Right, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Grats All right. One more thank time. you. Have a good evening. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. So, this is uh, Valley Free Radio's election special uh, here on, on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. <clears throat> I'm Michael Dow, hogging the microphone, uh, along with uh, Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves. <laughs> Bob's being very gracious about this. <laughs> and Sue Timberlake. I always talk over her, so that's just, nothing new. Just because Bob is... Chairman of the Board Emeritus, which he got voted by Valley Free Radio. So. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so we have two chairmen here, right? Is it... <laughs> oh, that's Three? a closely held four? secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it four of us? No, four you guys? a chairman. Okay, one, two, three, four. We got four chairmen and me, the Republican. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too smart for that. Yes, <laughs> yes you are. Hey, it's, it's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> we'll get you at... <laughs> four suckers and a Republican. <laughs> right. So... Um, I'm sure with this discussion we've had some further updates that oh are, we have uh, yeah so we'll get to, um, we'll, we'll get to those in a sec but I just want to uh, John do we need to play some PSAs or whatever just for a moment uh, I think we can it, it's, I'm just trying to make sure we're 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 doing our due diligence here Let's as a the, as a radio station updates, can... right okay we'll do some updates and then uh, but also uh, as we're posting things and whatnot we're uh, using the hashtag VFR election uh, on our uh, Facebook page our Twitter. Uh, and yeah, hopefully you folks are able to catch, keep up with us as we follow along. So, uh, Stefan, what do we got? Uh, Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio and at Civil Politics FM on Twitter. Yes, thank you. Well, um, the AP has called Texas for Ted Cruz. The AP is uh, projecting that Ted Cruz is going to hold his seat. It's going to be, it will be a quite a close race, definitely in the low single digits once all is said and done, but that is where they're at um it's still early days 33.33% reporting according to the new york times it's possible that that could change um you know ap and other networks have been wrong before but that 
that's a pretty meaningful call. I mean, this had been a big, a big rally for Democrats um, in that state, and obviously the prospect of picking off Republican legislators in Texas, of all places, is a is a tempting one. And that's a um, Beto O'Rourke is a great candidate, I have to say. Yeah, I don't you think know. we've seen the last of Beto yeah. O'Rourke at yeah. all. Um, in Michigan, it, lo- it looks like the Democrats have have shored up their support in some of these seats where they're playing defense. Debbie Stabenow in Michigan is still holding is holding to a larger margin, and Claire McCaskill is continuing to hold to her seat, both with about five percent of a lead, um, as well as John Tester. Um, however, Heidi Heitkamp is projected to lose her seat by quite a bit. She's trailing currently by um, sixteen points. Wow. Um, that's with sixty-three percent reporting. So that's pretty clear. And in Which Florida, is twenty-five thousand votes in North Dakota. Yeah, I mean it's it's that's a, si- a sign of uh, how small the and in comparison in Florida, Bill Nelson, the Democrat, looks to be trailing, and it doesn't look. I mean it's ninety-nine point percent reporting. So, um, uh, Rick Scott has fifty point four percent of the vote, and Bill Nelson has forty-nine point six percent of the vote. That that that's a type. Now that's about um. 60,000 votes. So, you know, that gives you a comparison. Um, so that's, that, that is, you know, that's surprising because Bill Nelson, he's been a long time rep- yeah. senator from Florida. Um, but I will say he's also an old, older, kind of white, uh, kind of uh, conservative Democrat. Not so much maybe what Florida Democrats were looking for, I think. If you look at the enthusiasm you've seen in these races in Florida where you have minority candidates, younger candidates yeah. running. New blood, really. New blood. Yeah, he's you know, not I, new blood. He's not <laughs> new blood, and I think that, that may have hurt him. Um, so, uh, and it, it Democrats are doing better in some of these governor's races. As you say, Tony Evers has defeated Scott Walker. It appears to be defeating Scott Walker by a small margin, but it's holding in Wisconsin. Um They've taken back, uh, it's looking like they're on track to win governor's races in Kansas, in Iowa, and in New Mexico. Those are, those are, those would be big pickups, as well as in Maine, here in New England. Yeah, in New, in, in, yes, exactly, for the Democrats. Um, and, uh, and we'll, of course, see even more from the West Coast when they start reporting in 11. Uh, how that's going. Yeah, Orange in, County, I'd be real curious what happens yes, in California. Yes, we'll be watching that for sure. In the House, um, the number of pickups, If let's see if I can uh, f- nail this down. I'm seeing... Um, 11 or 12? Uh, I'm seeing 13. 13. Uh, Democratic pickups, um, including several pe- seats in Pennsylvania. The redistricting in Pennsylvania, I think, has really benefited Democrats. It looks like they're on point to pick up at least four seats in Pennsylvania alone, um, as so well you're... as two in Virginia and at least one in Texas. I think the surge in Democratic support for O'Rourke in Texas may net Democrats a couple seats in the House. Carried, carried it over? Yeah. Um, so you're Especially near Houston is what I've heard. Democrats are more than halfway there then? Uh, that would seem to be the case, yeah. I just wanted to cut in and say, uh, I don't know if you guys know the organization Run for Something. Um, no. uh, Run for Something is a new, uh, organization. They, they've been trying to get, uh, younger, more progressive, um, uh, candidates in state houses, like local elections, state elections. Um, and I've just been counting the number of people that they've endorsed and they've had, uh, between local, 
uh like statewide local um 23 of their of their candidates have have uh won so i think that's really great uh lots of them are younger lots of them are like i said more progressive or at least um or on the liberal side, which is uh, good for the state houses, like even things out. Um, and the most important thing is to me that they are, you know, under 70. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad you picked that number. That's just high enough. Thank yeah, you. I, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> Very kind. <laughs> I honestly, my, my personal line has been 70. Uh, it, 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 people that are like six, 69. <laughs> snark nice um the <laughs> the um i think that you know i guess but it um, is time for new blood let's just it be really honest. is it's and i really, really appreciate time. people like that i'm going to be checking uh vote vets um which is another cool organization that is um endorsing veterans well there's a um, lot running this time there are a lot like running this time people that are veterans in all the various races i'll have to check on that yeah, um but uh vote vets is uh another organization just like run for something they're trying to promote um more progressive uh uh veterans to to go into office at, at different levels which i think is which i think is incredibly important um uh for especially with people that you know decide if we go to war or anything uh so <laughs> so uh yeah i'll check on the vote fest thing and um i'll get back to on that sweet um, one, th- one, w- there, you know, every time we have an election like this, it always seems like there's some races that kind of fall in like the wet category. Um, and we're getting a few of those tonight. One to keep an eye on is, uh, the, the Connecticut governor's, governor's race to the south of us. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Bob Stefanowski, the Republican, is running against Ned Lamont. Now, Ned Lamont, if, for those of you who, like me, who've been following Connecticut politics, um, he's, he's, uh, was, best known i think for running and winning against joe lieberman in the 2006 democratic primary and actually lieberman ended up um oh, mounting an independent, independent challenge oh, supported that. by um many establishment democrats which was kind of a point of fissure in the party and he eventually actually won that seat against lamont although it was a pretty tough race Lamont came back to run again uh, four years later for the governorship in 2010 and and didn't win. Um, But the outgoing governor in Connecticut, who is a Democrat... Dan Malloy. Right, Dan Dan Malloy, was pretty unpopular. I think think there was some issues just around management of the budget and sort of Mm -hmm. kind of bread and butter stuff. So that may be pulling down Lamont's lead. You'd expect this to be an easy keep for Democrats because Connecticut tends to be very uh blue leaning especially at the statewide level um but it looks like stefanowski is currently narrowly ahead with uh 48.5 percent of the vote to uh lamont's 48 6.8 now that's with 27 percent reporting so there there may be some lagging um you know city precincts that could pull this out for lamont but this is i'm only seeing a seven thousand vote actual margin there oh wow okay so that's you know. Yeah, I mean it. This this it it's tighter than it should be from the yeah. perspective of Democrats, but it's still very possible that they will keep they will keep that that governor's seat. Um, and we're uh, let's see, any new results coming in? No real surprises here in the home front in terms of Massachusetts. Um, all the house, all the questions, question two and three are still leading by heavy margins. 
um, like 70% or more. And question one is continuing to, to lose by also, a, a I think, an unexpectedly large margin. Um, so, you know, the yes votes are somewhere in the 30% range. So, well, that's, um, that's a tough one. That's yeah, that that was a, especially given how hard that question was fought over. You know, that was probably one of the more, um, you know, uh, the the big attention getter race, I think, locally here. So that's that's you know, I think that's a disappointment for people who had worked. You know, it's wow. It's uh, only 30 percent. Yes. Right now with 38 percent reporting in. So that's a that's a big that's a pretty big loss. That's a big um, loss. Yeah. Uh, here the treasurer's race. Uh, uh, Deborah Goldberg is going to take that for the Democrats. Democrats are, as expected, are continuing to hold most of their seats statewide. Um, can you Bill Galvin? Yep. Can you tell if the Libertarians and Rainbow are going to get five percent? You probably can't see that from those uh, numbers. It, which race are you th- are you looking at? Sort of any one? of them. That, okay. There's three candidates: Secretary of State. There's uh, okay. Treasurer and Auditor. Yeah. Um, I will look through those. Um, that may take till tomorrow. But a I, lot there's a lot of folks that said that they were going to vote for those um, parties because they knew who was going to win already in our statewide. Races, I thought it was an interesting argument to try and give those parties enough to be on the ballot. I mean, it's a strategic True. vote, but I've heard a few people say they were going to do that. So. That's a good point. Um, Mara Healy is, uh, has like almost 70% of the vote for re-election. Is she getting for... more votes than um, than the governor? Uh, I think she might be, actually. Um, and this is something to watch because I'm predicting that she will make a run. Um, this yeah. is this. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. I'm predicting Mara Healy will run for the governorship yeah. and is likely to win in 2022. So you can you can re- you have me on record. Yeah. Um, so that my my question, and we they can wait for. But that's sort of you know when you look at a sort of a uh, a statewide office, who gets the most votes really tells you who right. The, and she's know. she's very popular across the state. Um, How many votes does she have, according to what you've got? Because right uh, now I'm seeing Charlie Baker has about 840,000 votes. In interesting. Oh, sh- oh, okay. So she she may be she um she's she's trailing him according to to I have 39 percent reporting. She has 738,000 votes. Oh. So um okay. So he's currently leading there, assuming that our projections are. Well, actually, I, what I'm seeing is uh, as uh, says more precincts reporting. So, oh, according so. to mine, uh, now this is just up, just updated. He has Baker is winning with 728,000 votes, and Mara Healy is winning with 738,000 votes. So she's actually so she leading is him slightly out, outdoing him. Yeah, the, the good call on that one. And um, for Secretary of State, he won't um, be happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, that, he won't. <laughs> that I predict they will be. Um, Seasoned political eyes will be watching that. Juan Sanchez, who is the green, um, green rainbow um, for candidate for Secretary of State, three point seventy five percent of the oh, votes. So, so it looks like falling short of that five percent uh, majority um, or or minority that they were hoping to get. And the Libertarian, I think, was only one one office. I forget which office it is. Is the Governor's Council or something? I forget. Possibly, yeah. I'm just looking through our, a Mass Live is where we're pulling a lot of these results. Uh, from so uh, no no real surprises i would say other than the quest other than the ballot questions maybe um here locally but you know uh, we'll you know we'll keep an eye on things and the locally here the uh, fourth and fifth ballot questions um regarding um single payer health care and ranked choice voting respectively are projected or looks like they're both going to pass 
So those um, they're non-binding those are good uh, referenda, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect to see immediate action resulting from those, but um, that is that is some good news for people. I you know I've been working on the ranked choice voting those two questions in the run up to this election, so that's a, a nice thing for me to see. Um, yeah, because first you have to educate people as to what it is, and then they have to oh, uh, we actually may have a second. Uh, really quick, uh, we may have a second um, Native American um, <coughs> joining us, joining the House delegation from oh, New Mexico. Um, Luhan Grissom had uh, had given up her congressional seat to run for governor, which it looks like she will win in New Mexico. And um, the person who seems to be inheriting that seat is from, um, I think, the Navajo Nation. So she may be. So we may have two Native Americans yep. joining us in the House. I just wanted to give an update the Vote Vets um, endorsement, um, which I just saw that um, their Twitter has been blocked by Donald Trump. So that's cool. Uh, <laughs> the um, six of their endorsed uh, candidates um, have succeeded tonight, and I think there are more in the West. So that's that's really that's really awesome. I've just taken a moment because I was curious uh, to see what, uh, you know, some foreign news sources uh, had to say about these elections, uh, you know, what they're focusing on. Because, I mean, they're getting the same results we are, but what so they what decide to— what does Lithuania uh, think? Well, I don't have Lithuania. I have Al Jazeera. Oh, there you go. And Al Jazeera, mm. like, the first thing they, they, they say to follow is Jared Polis winning in Colorado governorship. Uh, Democrat Ilhan Omar wins Minnesota's fifth, uh, becoming the— uh, uh, first Muslim congresswoman, a Somali-American, fled civil war and arrived in the U.S. at 14. Um, oh, Amendment 4 in Florida restores voting rights to as many as 1.4 million oh, people. Oh, the, the felons, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yes. And then they report on uh, uh, <clears throat> Sylvia Gar Garcia winning a House seat in Texas, uh, Rashida Tlaib becoming a, 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 another uh, Muslim congresswoman, so I guess there's there's two now. Well, you know, it's nice to have company. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that seems to be what they're focusing on. Uh, down, the down diversity. Down to talk about yeah. uh, Donna Shalala winning. Uh, Ayanna Presley winning the Massachusetts 7th. Uh, they mentioned Elizabeth Warren. So, you know, it's just it's interesting to see, you know, what... Um, what they know, think is important. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, what, what they focus on. Um, I mean, obviously, there's Americans who work for Al Jazeera, but I think sort of the editorial focus is still sort of shaped by, you know, a... Uh, a non-American viewpoint, which is handy. Yeah, one of my favorite things that Slate Magazine does is every so often they'll they'll run a report. They'll say like, "Here's a news summary based on how how it would report it if it was happening in say Africa, how <laughs> how the American news would report it." And they talk about you know, and it's like, wow, that's it's it's eye opening. <laughs> um, Democrats appear to have flipped the Colorado State Senate. Um, and of course, they've already, uh, Jared Polis has already won the governorship for them and the state house they already controlled. That's the second state government trifecta that they picked up tonight after Illinois. Oh, wow. So where J.B. Pritzker has also picked up the governorship. I don't know if I've said that before. Huh. Um, uh, from Bruce Rauner, who I think was, uh, who had actually was, was not running again, if I recall. But wasn't indicted. So, I mean, that was a big yes, improvement it, it, for Illinois yeah. governors. Amazingly, yeah. there's no indicted, uh, <laughs> candidate on the end running statewide. He will not be joining any of his predecessors as a cellmate. <laughs> Although Dan Lipinski is running against a confirmed neo Nazi in, uh, one of the suburban, uh, house seats around, uh, around Chicago. So I'll be watching that one. That, 
for some as reason. a Republican. As Illinois. a Republican, yes. <laughs> Illinois, big Nazis. big surprise. Why did they pick my party? I don't answer <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, John, don't ask questions you don't want the answers yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, um, I hate, oh I but hate it when that it's happens. all the pictures of Joseph Stalin we have on the wall. You know, it's like, <laughs> ah, I don't fit in here. But for rank cho- in ranked choice voting news, it looks like we will get an instant runoff in Maine in the second House district. I heard there was a Bruce House Poliquin. district. Yep, nobody got 50? Is no, that nobody's over 50%. So oh, that means sweet. the provisions of ranked choice voting are going to affect. I will be watching that very closely. Yeah. It will probably take a day or two for that to get certified. Because um, they're doing it for the first time. Do you know? Do but, they have machines that are doing it, or is that people recounting? I don't actually know in Maine how they ended up actually mm. working it. That the idea I had been given to understand was that they wanted machines that could do it automatically. But I don't know with all the controversy around getting. Oh, it they weren't, place, and then they had to vote it in again. Yeah, yeah. They made, I don't know if they've had time. So they may just need to hand count. Yeah, because um, Cambridge, is, I think, still does a hand count, Cambridge Mass. Yeah, and that's a traditional yeah. way to do it. But yeah. it, it, the according to the way that most voting, that most voting machines tally automatically, it's actually not difficult to add in the capability, from what I understand, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, Bob, it looked like you were, wanted to say something. So, <laughs> just that might have been a little while ago. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just zooming around here. <laughs> I I was thinking about discussing, like beyond oh Democrats won over here, Republicans won over here. What does this mean culturally, and uh, and also what's happening to the Democratic Party? Because I think there's like an ongoing shift uh, that there's these two wings which are cooperating pretty well, but there's you know you could call it the Bernie Sanders wing and the establishment wing or. Um, there, you know, uh, there's the corporate yeah. country club wing of the Democratic Party. <laughs> um, you know, the folks who went to prep school and, uh, you know, and belong to the right clubs and so forth. Uh, and there's been know. a great truce, I think, through this. So there's been candidates from, you know, both yeah. sides. The Republican Party, there is no, the battle is sort of over. I mean, Sue probably hate this. You but mean the I mean, hostile takeover of the Republican Party? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, is settled and done, um, unfortunately. But, uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens after the election, of uh, depending on uh, all the results. But it, who's done better at the end of the day? Of course, we don't know that yet. But um, are the, uh, the the new progressive wing that's somewhat uh, more socialistic and pro no. Medicare for all, and you know, more diverse, of, yeah. Uh, yeah, and more diverse, yeah, yeah. and more uh, a lot uh, of women, both uh, racially and by gender, vets, and, yeah. and yeah. Um, so yeah, where does the party go? You know, how would the party establishment interpret all this stuff? Well, and and you know, uh, one of the reasons why I'm uh, 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 you know committed to the Democratic Party is because like I think those things are all very important, <clears throat> and I see like they're Democratic Party is the party that is at least open to being pushed that way, as opposed to the Republican Party. So that's why I'm, I tend to lean that way. But yeah, I think the uh, the progressive issues I think are, are what matter more than uh, that's the reason why I care about the Democrats winning is because I think there's some hope of progress on things like health care for all and whatnot. Though, though you know, ironically, Sue, you know, as you've mentioned many times, like, you, you know, you think there are strong pro-business Republican reasons to have single-payer yeah, health Bob hasn't heard that argument, but I'm I'm a Republican who's pro-single-payer because I think it's good for business. 
it takes it out of the realm of the you know individual small business owner having to deal with it, and it makes it much more level and more level throughout the world makes us compete better. He was You're totally a, right. Yeah. yeah, it was certainly a big headache as a guy who owned a small independent couple of independent comic book stores. You know, yeah. like ah, what do I know about healthcare? <laughs> you know, yeah. like I can I can argue at length about you know like uh, who had a better run on Superman. You know, Mark. You know. Mark Wade or, or J. Michael Straczynski, but I mean, you know. <laughs> well, in one second. Straczynski? You choose Straczynski? I, 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 actually, I'm not a big fan of Mark Wade, so yeah. I like, I like the Superman bit... Grounded was horrible. Oh, is this a comic book fight? Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and the night went off the rails at 1056 when the comic book question came up. Just to go back, just to go back to single payer healthcare, you, you know, a small business that has one sick employee that's in its own group, I mean, it just kills you. Uh-huh. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and if you have, you know, the bigger the pool, the more even, you know, John Hancock, all those people made money with the insurance on the, mer- you know, merchant insuring ships. And it, it makes sense to have the biggest pool you can possibly have and spread yeah. the risk. So nobody gets a big surprise. But anyway, yeah. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I should, uh, current forecast according to 538 is, is much better for Democrats in the House than it was some time ago. Um, they're currently projected to pick up 35 seats, which would put Whoa, them well over the that's majority. That's really mark changed in the House. from a few hours ago. Yeah, and um, that that dip uh, that sort of seemed to imply there would be some competition. I think what's happening is that Democrats are doing well in many places. They're currently leading in. Um, are they leading in every seat in Iowa? That seems to be including Steve th- King. Seat? Steve yes. King. Yeah. Th- um, J.D. Shulton is leading Steve King, fifty-one to forty-seven percent. Um, Steve King is sort of he's a, a remarkably <laughs> fiery right winger. I mean, he's now now he's a white supremacist. Oh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a he's. Let me let me put it this way. For his election party tonight, he barred the Des Moines Register, not exactly a bastion of left-wing opinion, because he called them to their faces and shut the door on them, a left, <laughs> like a left-wing propaganda outlet. Oh, I That's thought, who we're talking about. I always thought of that as the Des Moines Register as the Pravda of the Heartland. Yeah. <laughs> the Pravda of the Heartland. <laughs> He's also called himself the, the what, the protector of, of white culture? Something oh, like no. that. Something like that. He yeah. certainly talked about how white people are the only ones who've made significant contributions to world culture. He's spoken which... uh, highly of of uh... <laughs> just... this this party that was started by by a, a Nazi. Yeah, in, the in, like, uh, the the far right party in uh, in Austria. Which yeah, is yeah, Started yeah. by an actual SS officer. Yes. Yeah, it's, he's a he's a he's a real peach. I think, <laughs> but he may be on his way out. So there you go. Let's he hope. may be if this yeah. holds. Let's hope. That's and ABC. One of those weasels that you don't want taking over Toad Hall anymore. Yeah, I. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And ABC projects that Democrats will win the House. Um, That is the first the first major uh, network um, call that we've had. I'll I'll try to pull up the source. This I'm seeing the second hand from five thirty eight. Um, but we do have that, that they are projecting. That, and it looks very clear that Democrats by the end of the night are going to pull out a majority. They are doing well in a lot of down, um, a lot of kind of down, um, uh, in, in, in contrast to the Senate where they're getting beaten up pretty hard. They're doing well in the governor's races and house races and down ballot as well. So there are, for those, for those of you who are 
who are disappointed by some of these Senate results and on the Democratic left or liberal left side of things, there are a lot of points to be. Um, it looks like happy there's going to be a check and balance. There, yeah, at least one branch of government will yeah. have Democratic representation. And doesn't the, the budget have to start in the House? I I always get that wrong. Yes, yeah. yes. Just like so. I thought Greece was Latin. So, yeah, no, the, the, <laughs> the House has the, the House is the uh, the premier power of the purse, and the Senate's the one who confirms treaties and justices. And so oh, forth. so the House can defund the Supreme Court. Mm, not without the Senate in the end, but all housing bills have to start in the House. It'd be fun if they tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that makes them for some great civil politics shows. <laughs> yeah. One thing to remember about that is that um, if you remember, the, the Republican uh, House voted to get rid of Obamacare, what, like 50 times? Something like that. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of symbolic votes. There are a lot of there. And plus there are like more hearings that you can do. Um, most of the, mostly you have partial control of the legislative calendar. Uh, so if the Republicans want to vote on a certain law, well, then they don't bring it up. They you can't, can't bring... you can either put it off or you can put up your own law. And now any law that gets passed if they win the house, has to go into into conference the, committee. Conference, yeah, mm -hmm. it has. They have to agree on stuff now. So, because the Senate used yeah. to stall everything from the house that exactly. was going on, and now it can be vice versa. Yeah. So hooray! So, so good luck. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, there will be more of a more of a fight for the um the house the the speaker seat. Um, you don't think Nancy Pelosi will just get it? She maybe. Probably, she's but a I tough don't bird. want her to. She's yeah. a tough, tough one. Yeah, we've well, been saying that we, in a good way that yeah. she knows how to use power. Well, we, and... she does. Well, we've had this dis discussion before, and we can certainly pick it up again in a sec. But I should just mention, uh, it's just after eleven o'clock, and you're listening to uh, the election night special here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP one hundred three point three FM, out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow from Civil Politics. Uh, I've got the rest of the Civil Politics <laughs> crew here with me, Sue Timberlake. Uh, Stefan Ward-Wheaton and John Roberts, and uh, Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves is here uh, holding up the left wing. <laughs> <laughs> Standing in for all the other members of the collective are not here. Yeah, I'm sorry, they're, sorry they couldn't join us, but uh, they're, they're, if they're all like Pocky, they're probably all off protesting and getting arrested again for <laughs> throwing themselves in the cogs of, of ongoing industry. So <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, we are uh, uh, love to hear from you. Uh, uh, I don't know how much longer we're going to be going tonight. Uh, uh, we only firmly blocked until 11, but we, I think we're all curious to see what the results are coming in from California. So, uh, so we'll, polls are just closing there now, right? Yeah, the polls, I, I, I think they're, they're closing hours? at 8 in California, and that's just 8 o'clock now in, in, on the West Coast. So if not California, I think, I, think, uh, I think Oregon closes at 8. And doesn't but, Alaska and Hawaii close early? So that they their results come out, they come out sooner than you would think from the time zone. Yeah, but Hawaii's five hours behind us right now, yeah. so yeah, you know, <clears throat> uh, it's only six o'clock there. So yeah. uh, if you're uh, tuning in looking for oldies time machine, then um, it'll be it'll be aired next next week. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> sorry about that. So yeah, um, and I think uh, we need to play some PSAs. Yes, we do. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, and we'll be back in in a few minutes. Yep, don't go away. We'll be right back.
The show with BS, the newest edition for the WXOJ lineup. You can hear us Mondays at 11 p.m. For the best overnight radio you'll ever hear on a, on a Monday night, we'll talk about everything that's relevant to us. Music, movies, TV, games, and whatever else happens to spill out of the pee out of it is my head. Monday nights, 11 p.m. here on XOJ. For all the music and news that nerds can use, it's the show with BS on WXOJ. Football is a sport that unites fans, players, and coaches alike in a spirit of competition and camaraderie. Football season has come to our area, and while you're watching a game with friends or sharing in the excitement with family, be sure to celebrate responsibly. Never pick up the keys and drive if you've had too much to drink. And if you're 21, drinking alcohol is against the law. Remember, alcohol is different. Let's all work together to keep our roads and communities safe and have a winning season. This message is brought to you by your local beer distributors and this station. Anthony, Mom said to take out the trash. But it's freezing outside. I know, but if we keep putting out lots of trash, it will warm up. Huh? What are you talking about? Global warming. Our trash gets burned and makes greenhouse gases. I kind of wish it went to the landfill instead. Methane is so much more effective than carbon dioxide. But why do you want to make global warming worse? I want to live on the beach. But the beach is only a few blocks away. Right, and if sea level comes up enough, we'll be beachfront. Melt those icebergs. Hey! I put all those papers, bottles, and cans in the recycling bin. Why do you put them into the rubbish? I read on the South Shore Recycling Cooperative's website, ssrc.info, that it takes a lot more fuel to make paper, bottles, and cans from, ahem, virgin materials than from recycled stuff. Burn more fuel, more greenhouse gas. Before we know it, those obnoxious Sullivans across the street will be underwater, and I'll be having beach parties in the front yard. You're nuts. For all the best in Americana, check out Roots and More Tuesday morning from 7 to 9. From blues, folk and rock to Cajun, Zydeco, and alternative country, Roots and More brings you emerging artists, new releases, and older favorites. Tune in Tuesday morning from 7 to 9 on Valley Free Radio. Fresh Sounds with your host, Ron Freshly, Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WXOJ LP. Bringing you the music of Bud Powell, Wardell Gray, Art Blakey, Duke Ellington, Abby Lincoln, Tad Dameron, Yusef Latif, Bix Beiderbeck, Cassandra Wilson, Tom Harrell, Jane Ira Bloom, and thousands more. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. And we're back with the Election Night Special here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow from Civil Politics. I'm, you know, the one who muscles his way up to the microphone fastest, so I'm doing the talking right now. But I'm joined with by Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves, uh, and uh, our esteemed producer, John Roberts, is manning the board and doing some further research for us. Yo. So if I seize your mic, then I have control. <laughs> well, you have to <laughs> occupy the airwaves, as it were. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, we, on civil politics, we have um, more of a combative uh, way to to determine the host um <laughs> usually usually mike muscles away in but sometimes sue gets a gets an elbow drop on him 
So, yeah, before every show, we, we, we tie our wrists together and we each take a spork. And then, you know, why a spork? Because it hurts more. It's after 11. We're a bit punchy. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm totally not like this at a more normal hour. No. So, so one race we could look at again, what we talked about before, uh-huh. and I have a personal interest because I went out and campaigned for this. So, I, I'm oh, not yeah. impartial at all. Shoot. Uh, Anthony Delgado, which we talked about, is against uh, Faso, the fascist. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, um, in, New, in New York. In New York. And he, uh, Delgado is the one who not only is a Rhodes Scholar, but uh, did a rap uh, album and they made huge hay over that. Yeah, that's like in that, uh, the New York 19th district, right? Yes, New York 19th. Anyways, he's up by 10 percentage points with 53% uh, reporting. So I guess it, it's still not enough for them to check him off as, uh, as how, definitely having. How big percent. of an absolute margin is is that? I mean, I don't know. How, I don't know how big the district is. So yeah. Um, it's it's a wonky district in terms of like a lot of huge rural expanses in parts of Troy. Oh, okay. Um, it looks to me like it, it was put together by gerrymandering. It's, it goes kind of way up north and down south and includes this one urban district. And with, with the hope that the rules were big enough, the rural districts and rural parts would, uh, you know, maintain control. So hmm. um, right now, 53 to 44 for the Republican, plus the Greens are in there with 1.3 and uh, independents, uh, 0.9. Yeah, let me see. Oh wait, so, I'm, I'm getting this here. Uh, Seventy-five thousand for Mr. Delgado, and just shy of sixty-two thousand for Mr. Faso. So, so, you know, a, a noticeable margin, but you know, not like the, well, it's not like the Texas Senate race where you know you're looking at hundreds of thousands of votes. So, and they've called, uh, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve seats in New York for Democrats so far. Uh, yes. But most of those are not flips. So. No, most of those are holds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has gotten seventy nine percent of the vote, which I'm 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 intrigued because she was running unopposed. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> she, I think it was basically unopposed. Oh, okay. Um, uh, just so everybody knows, if you go to um facebook dot com slash civil politics radio or at civil politics fm i'm posting links on and uh, yes on twitter i'm posting links and information uh, about what we're talking about with the hashtag vfr election um you should have said elections but that's okay uh it's election if, night that's fine. yeah it's fine and um i'm i am recording this so uh if we might put this up on the on the Civil Politics Radio website, civilpoliticsradio.com, um, if anybody wants to, you know, I don't know, relive the memories, <laughs> anything like that. Yeah, our 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 sidetracking onto talking about uh, Superman Grounded by J. Michael Straczynski. I... Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> we'll have to fight about this in the parking lot later. <laughs> What's, so, what's happening in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> oh, in less yeah. ridiculous news, Florida. <laughs> Not a sentence you normally hear. All right, so oh, Florida, no. <laughs> um, Florida uh, with 99.4 precincts reporting, Rick Scott um, has 50.4% uh, for uh, the Senate, and Bill Nelson has 49.6%. Oof. Um, less than a million... <laughs> like between them that's really crazy 
uh, and I'll check on the. Uh, I I got Ron DeSantis, the Republican leading for the governor, at forty nine point eight seven versus Andrew Gillum at forty eight point nine one. So. Well, this might uh, sort of clinch it. Uh, Democrat, according to NBC News, Democrat Andrew Gillum has conceded to. Uh, so. Oh. It, that sort of. Uh, it was always uh, kind of a long shot. I'm I'm honestly surprised that he got this close. I, I guess just that <clears throat> incredible moment in the their last debate. Uh, what was it, about ten days ago, where Mr. Gillum sort of laid out like you know. All these racists uh, uh, are endorsing Mr. DeSantis, and Mr. DeSantis has connections with them that he's not disavowing. And you know, he's like, "I'm not calling Mr. DeSantis a racist. The racists are say are calling him a racist." <clears throat> and the racists I, think he's, he's yeah, a think he's one of them. Yeah, yeah. and it's just wow. I just want to say that um, if uh, if in this, a civilized state, I would think that would be a deal breaker. But. Nah. <laughs> um, I just want to say that if uh, if Florida had ranked voting, um, Ron DeSantis hasn't broken fifty percent, so that would uh, trigger a runoff, uh, and uh, we would go. Everybody would go to their second choice uh, because you know there are four independents uh, running here: point six percent, point three percent, point two percent, point two percent. So. They'd each get eliminated until somebody had a majority vote. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so I think this is something, remember, with ranked choice voting, it uh, it, it could really – that that could really change um, a lot of what, what's happening here. So anyway. Wonderful. The uh, – maybe a human interest story here. O'Rourke supporters aren't ready to leave despite the uh, – the, uh, announced the winner being Cruz, and uh, they're just all staying in place and uh, and cheering when Jubaltron announces that Democrats have retaken control of the House, and they just ch uh, kept chanting, Beto, Beto, Beto. So this guy has some uh, some passion, impassioned uh, supporters. Maybe he'll carry beyond Texas, you know. Um, so maybe he'll be on that stage of 20 democrats running for president yeah i've heard years. i've heard people oh. suggest that and i, I do oh. wonder how how well that'll work for him since he didn't win the, the senate but who knows uh i've certainly heard his name now in a way that i hadn't before in fact probably you didn't hear of many more than i did of before yeah. this race yeah exactly <laughs> no I've, I, I certainly didn't well Looks like uh, Republicans are holding 20 or confirmed 21 uh, governorships versus uh, Democrats 16. Uh, we're still waiting to confirm uh, four of the Republicans and five of the Democrats. Hmm. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we'll get some more um, Democratic governors uh, out of this. I think we already have. Um, yeah. It's, you know, that would, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Well, we're just starting to see results from the West Coast. Uh, one race that I've been paying attention to is the Washington 3rd District in, uh, for the House of Representatives. Uh, I have a friend who lives, uh, a college friend who lives in uh, Vancouver, Washington, and uh, he had, a few years ago, started calling the office of his of his congressional representative, uh, Jamie Herrera Butler. Uh, He'd call her office every time there was a mass shooting in the United States, um, and he he started going in person whenever it was a school shooting. He's a he's a school teacher, and he's up to like sixty something, you know, calls or visits. 
and wow. he's never had a chance to actually talk to uh, his representative directly. He's never really gotten anywhere with his uh, 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 her staff either. Uh, and apparently, she doesn't hold town hall meetings. So uh, uh, his opponent, uh, her opponent, Carolyn Long, is um, uh, uh, you know my friend Paul was enthusiastically campaigning for her. Um, so the early results are that uh, the incumbent is holding on by three and a half thousand votes uh, <laughs> so far with less than 10% of the precincts reporting. So uh, uh, good luck to, you know, as speaking personally, mm -hmm. the views and opinions uh, expressed on this uh, election special are entirely those of the people talking and not represent reflective of Valley Free Radio, its uh, members, uh, the board of directors, any of our sponsors, anything like that. It's just me talking. Uh, I'm in favor of Carolyn Long, and I'm hoping she'll pull this out. So. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> so West Coast, they've been closed probably for 15 minutes, roughly. De yeah. Depending. I, assuming they closed at 8, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I think so. I noticed there are no results from Nevada. They might be open late. You know, The, the, the state of Las Vegas may, be, uh, <laughs> may have late-night hours. But... Uh, yeah, so the uh the results from uh wow, I'm looking at the house map and uh uh it's interesting that they've called it for the that they're projecting the Democrats to win because uh, the re the results they're getting so far there's an awful lot of red districts uh on the map. But I I guess the Democrats are living in a, a lot of concentrated places, so I guess that's part of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, the red districts yeah. are you if you're looking at the whole map, the red districts are uh you know the the more rural areas uh, with with less people, um, like you know Montana or Wyoming, which have one. That's true. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to also say that uh, 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 King is uh, he he is losing. Um, his opponent is getting fifty one percent. He has forty five, thirty six percent percent reporting. In yeah. uh, sorry, which race? Iowa fourth. Oh, Steve King, oh, right? Yes. Mm. Well, that's promising. Yeah, thank God. Uh, it looks like Iowa, in its entirety, is is projected blue, or it's it's going blue right now. Um, but well, you know, we'll see. Hmm. Well, and Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker is still trailing now by twenty two thousand votes with the. Uh, 71% of the precincts reporting there. So that's encouraging for those of us who like labor unions and want them to actually, you know, have more more presence in American life and more political influence. Uh, Democrat Chris mm -hmm. Pappas wins the House seat uh, from New Hampshire first over oh. uh, Republican Eddie Edwards. And that's a flip, right? I think so. Uh, it's looking like the uh, Chris Sununu's probably going to be reelected in uh, New Hampshire though for governor. So, what do you think is going to be happening uh during the next the next congressional session? Like what do you think uh, the first 3 months are, are going to look like in the house? Yeah, yeah. in in the house and in the senate, like what what do you think they're going to be going for? It depends on who they elect. We, you know, touched upon Nancy Pelosi and I think um I don't have a lot of faith that she'll like uh, take up this uh, gauntlet or take up the a sword and and be the one to really confront the uh, the Trump agenda. I don't know. Um, you know, there's this. You know, there was a big fear thing, and I think um, 
the Republicans were drumming up, or you know, once the Democrats take power, there's going to be impeachment hearings and, and this and that. And um, but you know, I think the the centrist part of the Democratic Party just wants to get along. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, but I think the American people actually want this stuff stopped and confronted, and and uh, you know. So it remains to be seen. I think that leadership decision is is really critical. You know, um, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm really. Yeah. Wrong. I mean, we have the. Uh, um, I mean, maybe maybe uh, Chuck Schumer will be replaced as minority leader uh, since he's looks like he's going to lose a seat or two in the Senate. And they'll blame him. Maybe. Hopefully. Mm. I don't like him either. <laughs> um, they, yeah. They're uh, they a lot of the Democratic leadership, like like you were saying, they 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 seem really entrenched, and they seem really middle of the road. They just want to skate by. They want to keep their seats. It doesn't seem like they're actually willing to actually like actually fight for anything specific. Um, they're very reactionary. Uh, so I'm hoping that with um, people like well, I was hoping uh, O'Rourke, but um, but like uh, Ocasio Cortez and um, and and socialists like that coming in, I'm hoping that that will uh, spur some activity of some sort in the House, and uh, maybe maybe actually get them to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of a lot of Democrats want new, fresh faces, uh, and that's playing out even in. Like Texas, I mean, in some ways, that's not a loss in in terms of how well, uh, yeah, Beto O'Rourke did, and uh, and I think these, uh, you know, this incoming class, uh, hopefully, will want to uh, have that reflected, you know, both in their policies and, and in their leadership. Uh, maybe it's not enough of a wave. It was like a, <laughs> a, a sixty seventy vote wave. Hey, uh, you, know, wave, it, you know, it uh, taking back a, an entire like it, taking back half of Congress is no no easy thing in this in this climate right now. Um, and I mean, the House was uh, a far bet, but the I mean, the the Senate was a far bet, but the House, you know, it was within reach, but still, um, it, it, I honestly did not know it either way like just looking at everything over the past few weeks um but yeah i'm i'm kind of i'm the the thing that i'm really hoping that they start on is uh revamping like how the house works or how the senate works um or how looking at the entire legislative schedule and seeing what can be replaced or what really refocusing their efforts maybe on like gun control or anything like that just voting on a bill passing a bill through the through the house that will signal something through to the to the country that they're they actually want to do something really i think that's that's the most that they can do right now since they don't have control of the entire congress what do you think mike um <clears throat> excuse me uh i i agree i think um I think at this point, um, I, I think at this point, uh, unfortunately, because uh, the uh, sort of the political situation in the United States has become much more polarized, I think at this point, um, uh, trying to find some sort of, some kind of consensus 
um, isn't uh, isn't a viable strategy. Uh, you know, for the very for the very simple reason that uh, 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 the Republican Party seems really uh, composed of people who are opposed to the idea of having any kind of compromise. Like they want everything. They 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 don't want half a loaf. They won't settle for well, it's a compromise. You know, I mean, if they were. As I've said many times on our, on our show, if they were, they would have been embracing Obamacare and trumpeting the Affordable Care Act as a Republican success, because it's originally a proposal co- concocted by the Republican think tank, the, the Heritage Foundation. You know, exactly. It's a, it's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a conservative idea, and it's not. I I don't think it's the best approach to solving the problems of how do we deal with people being uninsured and costs getting out of control. But it is an approach, and it has had some success. It is far better than doing nothing, and it is approaching it with um, a conservative mindset. Um, You know, I've said President Obama is like the best Republican president we've had since Eisenhower because, um, you know, he he said instead of changing everything, well, we have private insurance and we have these various ways of providing insurance to people. We will work with them and expand them and improve them, but we're not going to tear them all down and just make a new system. Right. You know, which, right. We're going to go with a privatized system, uh, a corporate-based system right. uh, of health care. We're just going to bring more people into that game. Right. But uh, which, The reform from within approach. And when you're the conservative party, when the other side is willing to meet you there, that should be cause for celebration. Instead, it was, you know, they, they fought, you know, to the absolute last ditch. You know, it was like, you know, Japanese soldiers on Okinawa, like, you know, like— you know, fighting until every last one of them had been killed. And, you know, the, uh, 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 you know, months after the Americans had taken over the island, they were still whopping up Japanese survivors kind of approach. I mean, that was their attitude. That was how fiercely they fought against their own idea because it was coming from uh, the Democrats led by a guy with dark skin. So, Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Winner take all, like in uh, a very brutal form of uh, politic. And I, I'm sort of afraid the Democrats want to go back to like, oh, well, we, we want to play the game a lot nicer, you know. Yeah. And and that's off the table. If the Senate, if the Democrats ever take the Senate, will, will they want to go back to the collegial rules that they used to have and respect the other side and you know and uh, actually have some voice? Basically, they've turned the Senate into. Uh, no filibuster whatsoever. You know, would the Democrats restore it? You know, uh, there is no filibuster anymore. I mean, the, technically no. there is, but right. you know, it yeah. only they only allow it in for for general measures. It's like it's not for budget issues, lower level judges, and but not for the Supreme Court. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> as long as you don't use no, it, they tolerate. Actually, it, the, you know? <laughs> the Democrats got rid of it for lower level judges already yeah. because. Because Mitch, well, they got rid of it a few years ago because Mitch McConnell was stonewalling everything, and they're like, "We have these huge vacancies in the federal judiciary; we need to fill them. Therefore, we should fill them." Right. You know. So they they said, "Well, there's no filibuster of the lower, but we're going to allow the filibuster of the Supreme Court." Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as they were able, they got rid of that. Or as soon as it, as soon yeah, as they I, needed I, to, as soon as they needed to, exactly. Yeah. Well, so. I, I I I can't say for certain, and the Democratic Party certainly has disappointed me in the past but i think fundamentally um the the nature of how um the republican party views uh uh power and control and political discourse in this country 
um, they don't see the Democrats as legitimate anymore. They just just don't. And that's why President Obama appointed uh, Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court, you know, sort of a more centrist choice. It wasn't like, you know, he pointed Ralph Nader or something like that to the court. Um, and, you know, it was more than a year before the election, and the Republicans just refused to even consider the man. And that that kind of, uh, well, there's nothing in the rule book that says we can't do this, so we're doing it, is is exactly right. the kind of no-holds-barred approach. And uh, I don't think the Democrats, at least I hope the Democrats, are not going to, to, to forget that lesson and go back to uh, the way things used to be. They can't. Um, when I was actually watching a video uh, about, it, it's called the Alt-Right Handbook. Um, yeah. On on YouTube, uh, I can post a link to to the series, uh, which is really interesting. Um, but one of the things that he was talking about was uh the they go low, you go high, uh, saying that from from the Obamas, right? Michelle uh, Obama famously said that. Yeah, and he was saying that that only works if both sides consider that a thing that you want to do. You know, if uh, if one side is can't be shamed and say and you can't say, well, you're you're going into the dirt and they're like, yeah, yeah, we are. Then what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of uh, Democrats, um, I'm saying Democrats, not liberals, but a lot of Democrats are very focused on the process, making sure the process is is clean. And if you make the process good then even if bad ideas go through the process, then um, the bad ideas will be filtered out, which is not how that works. It certainly uh, and, hasn't been. Yeah, and you, if, you, if you're working with people that you are, they are trying to make the process work and, uh, you know, and they're putting in bad ideas, but they still want the process to be clean and to be, to be functional, then that's one thing. But... The, a lot of a lot of the um, GOP now don't care about the process. Uh, they they just want to make sure that things go the way they want. So they they hold up uh, putting in a, a judge until they can put in a judge. And you can say that's dirty. What are you doing? You can't do that. Do your job. And they're like, well, no, nah, I don't want to. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you can't you can't um, shame them. You can't do. It. So you have to vote them out. You have to vote them out. And if you can't do that, then you have to you have to get dirty. Like um, it's talking to a, a voter today and or yesterday, and she was saying that the uh, that she wasn't really happy with the way that Obama was was acting uh, during during this election because he's been going really strong, like just calling mm-hmm. uh, the president a liar and saying uh, like you know the the economic t- uh, turnaround happened you know in 2014. You know, yeah. so come on, you know, and, and she was like, that's not inspiring or anything. And I said, yeah, inspiring doesn't work right now. It doesn't. Um, people people aren't looking to be inspired. And even if they are uh, the people that don't care, they don't care. So you have to choose a different tack. You know, mm-hmm. you have to not think, oh, if I go low, then I'm the wrong one. You have to think about what you're fighting for and what you and what you want done. 
I, I, I think there's some truth to that. I should just mention, you're listening. Sorry if you tuned in for Oldie's Time Machine. This is the election night special here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Oldie's Time Machine will be back at its normal time next week. But uh, <clears throat> we do these once every couple of years uh, for election night, and so we're, we're doing one now. Uh, <laughs> I'm Michael Dow from Civil Politics, uh, joined by John Roberts, our uh, esteemed producer, and Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves is here uh, anchoring down the further left wing from me. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. I guess I, I don't know if I'm tech. No, I don't know between the two of us, like, which one is more conservative, because I call myself an independent. Yeah. So, and my family actually belongs to a country club. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> um, I just want to go through some some results here. Uh, Laura Kelly oh, wins the governorship of Kansas over Chris Kobach. Hooray! Uh, wow. Republican Glenn Grotha, Grothman wins the House seat representing Wisconsin six over Democrat uh, Dan Cole. All right. Um, Abby Finkenauer. Sure. Uh, <laughs> wins the, wins Iowa first over, um, Rod Bloom. Uh, Rod DeSantis wins the governorship. We already knew that. Of Florida. Of yeah. uh, Florida. Scott Perry wins house seat. Pennsylvania 10th over George Scott. Um, Marie Cantwell, Senate seat re- representing Washington. And Colin Allard wins Texas 32nd over Republican Pe- Pete Sessions. So that's all we have right now, and I'll try to keep everybody up to date. There's, um, according to the New York Times, 17 flips to the Democrats now in the House of Representatives. Yes, that is what I'm seeing, too, and we're looking for 23. Um, yeah. It has been, NBC has called it for the Democrats, but people have called things before, and that didn't happen. True. So <laughs> I'm I. I am waiting for for confirmation. AP currently conf- has you know sort of confirmed results or what they what they definitively called it currently 151 seats for the for the Democrats and 154 for the Republicans in the in the House, but you know that still leaves that's 305, so that's still like uh, 130 to go. So <laughs> so it's early days to be making that decision, and of course. Um, you know, polls only just recently closed or, or are about to close on the West Coast. I'm not sure if they all closed at 8 or some of them close at 9. Uh, and, you know, Alaska and Hawaii are closing, I think, in uh, 90 minutes, I think. So. But, uh, uh, Jammer, did we need to play any uh, PSAs or other announcements to keep the FCC happy? It is at half past, yes. Um, we will play some PSAs and station IDs and all that. Right. And... Uh, We'll be right back. Thank you. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. Anthony, Mom said to take out the trash. But it's freezing outside. I know, but if we keep putting out lots of trash, it will warm up. Huh? What are you talking about? Global warming. Our trash gets burned and makes greenhouse gases. I kind of wish it went to the landfill instead. Methane is so much more effective than carbon dioxide. But why do you want to make global warming worse? I want to live on the beach. But the beach is only a few blocks away. Right, and if sea level comes up enough, we'll be beachfront. Melt those icebergs. Hey, 
I put all those papers, bottles, and cans in the recycling bin. Why'd you put them into the rubbish? I read on the South Shore Recycling Cooperative's website, SSRC.info, that it takes a lot more fuel to make paper, bottles, and cans from, ahem, virgin materials than from recycled stuff. Burn more fuel, more greenhouse gas. Before we know it, those obnoxious Sullivans across the street will be underwater, and I'll be having beach parties in the front yard. You're nuts. It's important to make sure your family has a plan in case of an emergency. We talked to this family to see if each of them knew where to meet if they were not together when something happened. If a natural disaster happened and we were outside the home, we would all meet at the park. That's our meeting point. I'm meeting place at our neighbor's house because she is my mom's good friend. We all have a meeting spot, which is a bus stop. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to www.mass.gov slash MEMA. Brought to you by the Ready Massachusetts U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. For all the best in Americana, check out Roots and More Tuesday morning from 7 to 9. From blues, folk and rock to Cajun, Zydeco, and alternative country, Roots and More brings you emerging artists, new releases, and older favorites. Tune in Tuesday morning from 7 to 9 on Valley Free Radio. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413-587-1013 to find out more. Are you interested in connecting with the international community in the Pioneer Valley? Then volunteer to help your immigrant neighbors improve their English and integrate better into their surroundings. Become a volunteer tutor. Take a free 15-hour training taught by the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. For more details on an application, go to ili.edu or contact Amy at ili.edu. Students come from Africa, Asia, Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East. So volunteer to tutor and expand your world. For the best in electro, new wave, funk, and dance, tune into Subculture Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Listen from your computer, iPad, or phone by tuning into valleyfreeradio.org. Subculture, Friday nights, here on WXOJ. We joke that we were NPR without the funding. <laughs> what did they just say? If you often find yourself asking that, you may benefit from the new audio-enhancing technology available at the Forbes Library in Northampton. Designed to work with or without a hearing aid, the new and improved audio-visual systems in our meeting rooms, along with countertop loop systems at our service desks, are some of the new technology the library now has. With federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. You'll now find hearing the librarian and guest lecturers a whole lot easier. Call 413-587-1017 or email info at ForbesLibrary.org to find out more. And we're back with <clears throat> the Valley Free Radio Election Night Special here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 
103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm sorry for tuning in to be listening to old timey, oldies time machine that we'll be back again next week. But, you know, we're doing our, uh, once every uh, couple of years, we do an election night special cause it's an election night and certainly it's big news this week. So I'm Michael Dow from civil politics. Uh, that's John Roberts, uh, also Yo. from civil politics, manning the, the control board. And uh, Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves is uh, occupying the airwaves with us. One thing, Democrat Kate Brown wins the governorship of Oregon over Republican Newt oh, Bueller. Good. There, there were concerns that she wouldn't. <laughs> Newt Bueller? I don't know. B-U-E-H-L-E-R. Say that five times fast. No, thanks. You can't because you don't know how to pronounce it. We uh, we, uh, we right during the break had a, a a good I guess it wasn't really a debate I think we were all agreeing that we needed uh, a lot of these uh, entrenched politicians to just go away uh, yeah and how to do that and and uh, why there isn't term limits and uh, well because the people that get to decide whether there's term limits or not are often the people entrenched in that power you that's know? right. Uh, and uh, you'd have to have all these citizen initiatives around the country, I think. And, and not uh, every state even has those. That's true. So. And there's no such thing as a federal initiative. You nope. know? Exactly. That would be a great uh, it would have to be like or a terrible constitution. Idea. One yeah. the other. <laughs> it would have to be an amendment. Yeah. Um, for, I mean, that one thing we were talking about was Barbara Boxer, and Kamala Harris took over her her spot, right? Uh-huh. So she, She's in that occupying that seat Think now, about yes. if Barbara Boxer, who probably would have won re-election, didn't it, then we wouldn't have Kamala Harris in right. the Senate. Uh, that that is what I've been really one of the. There are a few things that I'm really really hot on. There's uh, lower like down ticket races because of the uh, electoral electoral map and everything like that. There's also older older politicians. Which thank you for your service, but you got to go. That's what I think. You know, like and. Uh, term limits is a good way of doing it. I don't like being ageist. Like someone that's eighty might might be a much better senator than someone that's forty, but they're still eighty and they haven't experienced life, um, life in the same way that a lot of people, other people have, uh, which I think is a detriment. Well, mm -hmm. it's it's certainly uh, you know, during the Kavanaugh hearings, listening to Chuck Grassley. Uh, try and identify with what it was like to be a teenager in you know 1982 oh, when oh, yeah. Chuck Grassley was a 50 year old senator. <laughs> yeah, at that time, and he's still in the Senate now. <laughs> Remember the the senator that was um in charge like Strom Thurmond? Uh, no, uh, a series of tubes. Oh, uh, from Alaska. I don't remember his name right now. People yes. people that are in charge of science and technology that don't know how to work a computer. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, come on. Well, I, I certainly agree. I, I've been actually thinking about this. Um, uh, one of the models for the American system of government, of course, from the people who created the country, one of the things they look back to was the Republic of Rome. And uh, in the Roman Republic, there was sort of what was called the cursus honorum, like this course of, of offices, you know, that would you would follow. And uh, there were age limits, like you had to be a certain age in order to hold them. And uh, important offices like consul, you couldn't, you weren't supposed to be able to hold more than once in your, in your life. Uh, as things went along, that got ignored more. But it was still like a, a very shocking development when uh, 
you know, uh, uh, Octavian, who became Emperor Augustus, uh, you know, basically kept getting reelected to the consulship. That, that wasn't how it was supposed to work. The idea was that you were supposed to have, you know, two consuls who uh, would be elected every year, and, and they were supposed to sort of date it by who, you know, the Roman system of dating went by who were the consuls that year. It was like two co-presidents. Right. And there, and there were still like a whole separate office called the Tribune of the Plebs, which is kind of like a uh, the lower class uh, would elect people who would be kind of like their ombudsman. And we get the idea of the veto because the tribunes could, in theory, veto uh, anything they thought was a terrible idea. Like, like I won't allow the uh, the assembly, you know, to discuss this. Just to interject, um, I the Iowa Fourth, Steve King's um, district, Steve King's district, they are neck and neck, uh, forty forty eight. Uh, point eight percent to forty eight point seven percent. Oh, uh, Steve King, Steve King leading by point one percent with sixty six point seven precincts reporting. God, that is uh, that is going to. I bet that's going to be a recount. It might well mm. be. It might well be. That that's, is insane. That's and to go back to one thing that Lindsay Sabadosa mentioned is uh the the sadness of uh the amount of I guess racism that America embraces and mm-hmm. is willing to ignore completely, you know. And this guy uh, is undisguised. I mean, a lot of it. I mean, he doesn't bother with dog whistle, you know. And uh, why, He's you a know? Bullhorn. It, <laughs> yeah, He's bullhorn, just throwing yeah. meat all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 no real ambiguity in his views about uh, uh, about the importance of being white. Which uh, kind of makes my skin crawl, I have to say. <clears throat> um, but you were talking about um, uh, uh, the importance of having more turnover in uh, electoral offices, and that reminds me, uh, I've been I've mentioned it before. There's a great podcast series, a history podcast by a fellow named Mike Duncan called Revolutions, where he looks at sort of major political upheavals. Uh, starting in the uh, 17th century going up till today. And so, you know, he spent like a lot of time talking about the French Revolution, the American Revolution, uh, the failed revolutions of 1848 and so forth. Um, And the current series he's doing is he's talking about the Mexican Revolution. And the interesting, the the thing I think is interesting is uh, uh, Porfirio Diaz, who was uh, the dictator of Mexico for like 35, 40 years, originally became president of Mexico running uh, on a platform called no reelection and everybody who ran against it who opposed him was running on a platform of no reelection and that was sort of like a like a mm. constant theme in Mexican politics for a long time no reelection and none of them stuck to it <laughs> at least not so far uh, he hasn't finished the thing and i haven't listened all the way through but the 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 uh uh uh, abandonment of that principle as soon as it became inconvenient uh, is sort of a, a signature theme. <laughs> well, it was a personal pledge versus uh, instituting a rule. I mean, the, well, the it, presidency... but it was it was their electoral platform. Vote for me. I'm the yeah. head of the no reelection party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that was the name of the party. And it's like, yeah. well, you'd think that would mean something. <laughs> yeah. Your number one pledge, your only pledge. Just yeah. about Yeah. I was thinking about them though, where I, I kind of admire that their their national leader, their Mexican president, has there's no reelection process there by their constitution. You get one six year term, so you spend none of your time thinking about like 
positioning to get reelected. Well, I, yeah. I, I guess following the Mexican Revolution in the early 20th century, I guess somebody decided that they were going to make them stick to that. Mm. I didn't realize they couldn't run for re-election in, in Mexico now, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. A six-year term as, as president, that, that doesn't sound too bad, honestly. Yeah. Um, Except it would mean four more years of Trump if it was here. <laughs> yeah, no. but it wouldn't mean eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, I think, I think four-year terms work, and saying you can they only do. run for re-election once, you know, I mean, the the downside to to that kind of term limit which we have, which I think is a good principle in many ways, is it means that we can't have Barack Obama step back into the ring and have him run against Donald Trump because. I don't know about you guys, but I would much rather vote for more for four more years of Barack Obama, even though you know he had some real problems as a president. In terms Dude, of, I'd rather know. vote for a sack of potatoes. This is not that's a very low bar, <laughs> right? <laughs> a Dan racist vote. sack of potatoes because <laughs> it can't do anything. <laughs> well, fair enough. But I'm just, I'm just saying, like, like we've certainly talked about how there are some some uh, ways in which Obama was too centrist and too beholden to corporate interests and uh, uh, too willing to use drone programs to murder people in other countries. Uh, and yet, uh, I think it's clear that in a lot of ways, he was good at actually doing the job of running the country, which is one of the things you look for in a president. One of the reasons why I voted for Hillary Clinton is because in the end, I was pretty sure she was capable of, of handling the actual responsibilities of the office and not, you know, basically spending two hours a day in the Oval Office and the rest of it eating cheeseburgers and watching Fox News, you know, which is what we currently have. So really? cheeseburgers. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I think he's a big McDonald's guy. McDonald's and KFC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, understand. I thought it was K. Um, I, I went to, to ask you guys, like. What do you, if we did have term limits, what do you think, what what do you think would be best for the House and the Senate? Well, the House is every, every two years, so let's say, say it was 10 terms. That would be at most 20 years in the House of Representatives. That's way too much. That's but... way too much. Yeah. Okay. I would yeah. say at most six. Six terms? Yeah. 12 years? Yeah, at most. Um, yeah, maybe just two terms for a senator, because usually they go from rep to... Well, Senate, and that yeah. would be 12 years there as well. That would be 12, yeah. yeah. So like two full years because um, our two full terms because sometimes you have a special election and they serve. Well, like you could do partial... it like the presidency. I mean, you can serve two full terms, be elected to two full terms as president. If you're the vice president and you take over partway through someone else's term, if there's less than two years remaining, it doesn't count towards your limit. You know, so if you serve less than half a term that way, you can you can run for two terms on your own. But if, you know, somebody, you know, the president dies 40 days into office because he went to his inauguration and didn't wear a heavy coat, <clears throat> Rutherford B. Hayes, um, then, you know, that counts as a full term in office and you don't get another, you only get one re-election from there. Claire McCaskill <laughs> has been uh, unseated. Yeah, I, I expected that was going to happen. By Josh Hawley. Wow. Missouri 2nd uh, has gone to Ann Wagner. Or Wagner, I don't know which one it is. Uh, over Court Van Ostrin. Um, so, just uh, some updates for y'all. Yeah, uh, things are still close in Iowa. Steve King is ahead by forty votes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Iowa. Uh, one one thing that that spurred this conversation, my my thinking about um. Diane Feinstein, uh, she is 52.3% uh, 
uh, over um, Kevin DeLeon, 47.7% with 11% uh, reporting. It's, so it's, I'm I'm really hoping that's close. <laughs> What'd you say? I think it's... Uh... I think it's going to end up being a bigger okay. blowout than that. <laughs> I'm I I really hope that he gets over forty percent. I'm I'm not really holding out hope for that, but I'm I'm like I'm not putting money on that. But I if he gets over forty percent, I think that'd be really cool, just as a signal to Feinstein or just to the to the Democratic leadership. Like, look, we this is this is something that people really want, hmm. you know, um, especially since uh, she got. I think the Democratic Party of California actually gave him their endorsement. Yes, the Democratic uh, the, the the sort of the Democratic Caucus actually did endorse. Yeah, him. so, so th- stuff like that, um, and uh, ever you know, people actually like voicing their concern about about people, how long people are in office, or or their or how their values stay, and how the values of of uh, voters might change, um, which is like I said, that's something that I think about a lot. So there's two Democrats against each other, and yes, Feinstein? that's correct. Because they have uh, uh, what they, they call a jungle primary, which yeah. probably uh, they have run up voting. Un- yes, <laughs> un- un- well, they have open primaries. So yes. whoever the top two winners in the primary, whoever they are, so you can have two people from the same party running against each other. Yeah, that, that's what it is. This open, um, which yeah. they they could have easily had uh, two Republican um, nominees. Yeah, um, and that was a concern mm-hmm. in a number of the House seats that, uh, you know, because there'd be so many Rep- Democrats eager to run to topple Republicans, that you'd wind up splitting the uh, the Democratic ticket, and you'd wind up with like Republicans running against Republicans. Exactly, they, they could so. use ranked choice there. I was <laughs> just going to say. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. uh, and we are coming up. It's almost midnight. Uh, sorry again if you tuned in for Oldies Time Machine. We are doing our election night special. Um, but we'll be returning to regular programming in just a few minutes. Uh, but we are going to, so we're just wrapping up our election night special here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, I'm Michael Dow from Civil Politics, joined by Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves. And uh, John Roberts is uh, producing our show here. And uh, I don't know, any uh, any last sort of results you want to look at or sort of final thoughts or hopes? I, I think... Um... In some ways, the Republicans the winning the Senate and the, and the Democrats winning the House are as expected in some ways, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So what we've looked at least is oh, we, we have looked at some governor's races, but how it's played out on the smaller level that Democrats are more engaged in, across the nation in certain ways of how that plays out in legislatures across the country and, and even in like state yeah. state legislatures. Yeah, yeah state no, legislatures, yes. governorships and, and everything in between and maybe even down to who's in uh, you know the now the New York City city council or something of how is it playing out at the smallest level because uh Democrats sort of gave up on that piece uh, a while ago. Yeah, uh, they did. And uh were very weak on that and there was these sweeps so uh, I think that's what needs to be focused on, and uh, maybe the payback for that, if in fact the Democrats did much better, that uh, in two years they're going to be in a better place. Uh, maybe. Yeah, like like I was saying before the show, like they don't have a farm team, like they're just mm-hmm. building a farm team again, uh, because of all these people that are that are getting into the like the the people endorsed by Run for something and things like that. They they. They, they are fo- people focus so much on the federal that nobody thinks about the state and local 
And those are that's where the next senators and congressmen and uh, presidents come from. Yeah. <clears throat> well, one race, for example, that I was looking at, it's it's a it's a federal race, but it, in Texas, it's a the twenty second district because um, I think it was in Mother Jones. Uh, there was a they were looking at a, a, a Shri Kulkarni, who's a uh, you know Indian descent, uh, and he's a native Hindi speaker among other things. And he's that's a district in 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 Houston, the Houston area, and he was running against uh, Pete Olson, and it hadn't been a competitive district in a long time. And uh, the AP is calling it for for Olson, the incumbent right now, by about fifteen thousand votes, out of uh, two hundred and fifty thousand or so. Um, but uh, Mr. Kolkarni was. Um, uh, uh, one of a number of people who sort of moved into the area. It's it it's developing a much larger population of people from from India, Pakistan, uh, people who are uh, practicing Muslims and whatnot, and people who speak languages like Hindi and and Mandarin and and Tamil and so forth, like the, all these different languages from uh, that area. And he's been uh, working to build sort of a, a get out the vote and organizing machine. So even though it looks like he's lost. Uh, this race is far closer than it's been in uh, more than a decade now, and I, I don't see any reason to reason not to expect that uh, they'll they'll try again in two years, and maybe things will go their way. So two more years to organize. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yep. NPR is saying uh, confirmed the Democratic net change uh, is plus twenty one. So they just need to get two more seats to to, to, to actually. Can- to actually control the Senate. And a lot uh, of the House, West Coast yeah. is not in. <laughs> exactly. And the West Coast is pretty pretty blue. Um, yeah. The Senate net change is plus three on the GOP. So there's going to be an even larger uh, GOP. It, it, won't, it, won't, yeah. it won't change much procedurally. No, but uh, if, if th- there won't be as many, like, 51 to 49, and you just need to flip two senators you'd have to flip like five which well but that wasn't happening anyway so true but yeah except for that one john mccain vote yeah Yeah, exactly see that's the thing that 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 sort of thing but basically yeah basically it didn't happen yeah yeah i i well if jeff flake felt he could somehow look those uh women who confronted him in the elevator in the eye and still vote for brett kavanaugh like i just don't know what to say I think we should end on a on a happy note. Um just the fact that the uh Democrats are going to control the the house um which will really make the next 2 years interesting. Yes, that it will. Mm-hmm. Um and that will also allow more um Democratic uh Congress people, especially the younger ones to to shine, like introduce more legislation, mm-hmm. um, support more things, try to try to make like bipartisan stuff that would actually make sense. So I think mm-hmm. that I think that is something to really hang hang our hats on, and something that we should remember going through the next week. And here in mm-hmm. Massachusetts, it's nice that uh, uh, a strong majority of voters uh, voted yes on question three. Damn straight, s- supporting the, the you know supporting the rights of of all people in in our state. Here, here, it's a good right. step. Good stuff. Any yeah. final words? No. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of rays of hope here, you know, and uh, it's not two years ago when 
know, it was very dark for yeah. quite a while. Very dark and very cold. <laughs> not, yes, not not as decisive a victory in all fronts as I would have hoped for for uh, for the for for us left wingers, but better than two years ago for sure. So we've got to wrap up. This has been our election night coverage here on Valley Free Radio WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm Michael Dow from uh, uh, from, from Civil Politics. Uh, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be returning to our regular programming in just a moment. Uh, uh, thanks again to Bob Gardner from Occupy the Airwaves. Uh, couldn't have done this without you, Bob. And thank you, Genre, uh, for, for producing the show. Uh, and thanks to Lindsay Sabadosa for joining us over the phone and Stefan Ward-Wheaton and Sue Timberlake for joining us earlier in the evening. Coming up right now, kicking it for peace, culture, and education. After that would be Oblivion Express going into uh, Wednesday morning. Thank you for listening, and that's all for now. Good night. Bye-bye. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.